0: Aggression.
1: ladies and gentlemen we are back episode seven of ruthless recap i'm your host trent i'm joined by the yokozuna to my Owen Hart, damon
0: hey everybody
1: and the excellence of execution because we have a heart family theme for some reason dean dean how you doing
2: doing pretty good doing pretty good i'm actually i'm actually glad to talk about this episode or I'll talk about this pay-per-view
1: today I mean, bro, here it is. The first real pay-per-view of Ruthless Recap SummerSlam 2002. I'm pretty pumped about this. Uh, yeah. I imagine you guys are as well. Definitely. This is actually, I don't want to give too much away, but
2: this is a pretty good show, I'd say. Overall, yeah. anyway. Yeah, all in all, pretty pretty good show.
0: Pretty good. Pretty entertaining. I, I always get hype when you you like see the build to a show. Oh, yeah. So that helped a lot. I... I know your every move I've heard your every
2: word I know you well And
1: I've got nothing left to prove Your threats I find absurd I am your hell This is August 25th, 2002 at Long Island, New York and uh, Just uh, kind of like I did on the very first episode I'll do this for each pay-per-view Kind of just... Uh, give you guys a feel for the time, some of the stuff that was going on in the world. Um so what movies do you guys uh think were in theaters if in late August of two thousand two?
0: Ooh, you got specific there. Okay. Um ooh, I damn. think I think the idea is like movies that came around right as SummerSlam was Yeah,
1: yeah. so yeah, so movies that came out about a week or two uh before SummerSlam.
0: Ooh, I couldn't tell you that.
2: I, no. I don't have a strong recollection of 2002 films. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah, same here. I got nothing.
1: That's because if they if weren't you said, very good.
2: Oh, okay. I was about to say, so like, if you had said like 2004, I could have named some stuff. But like 2002, like, hmm?
0: Yeah, give right, it a so, couple of years. Uh,
1: at this moment, we had Cowboy Bebop the movie, which I didn't know was the thing.
0: Yeah, I had no oh, idea.
1: Okay. Um... This one, I think, will all hit a little different. Spy Kids 2, The Island of Lost Dreams, had just come out. Oh. Y- you know,
2: mixed bag. I feel like I might have a different opinion of if I watched it today.
1: But you is, know. is that the one with, like, the weird, like, I'm trying to think how to explain it. Like, there were these characters that were, like, if you beat them up, they kind of, like, exploded into, like, pixels and stuff. No, oh, I, think
2: that- you're thi- I think you're thinking of the third one that's the third one. Oh, shit okay. the third one was like in 3d and,
0: the and like video they game? were in, like a video
2: game
1: world oh okay yeah yeah yeah. spike is 3d
2: the second one like they were on this island with like a bunch of monsters and oh like, i don't remember that it was like it was that like that quote people always say about how like god stays in heaven because he oh yeah all creation yeah that he one
1: really do bro um uh master of disguise Y'all know Master of Disguise? Oh, the, the movie with the turtle club. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, our governor kind of looks like him. I'm not even kidding. Oh, you know what?
2: I can totally see it.
1: Oh, on God. Yeah. On everything.
2: I admit, I never actually saw it. I just remember the previews. Like, I am, they, they, sp- they spammed the hell out of those previews.
1: It's known as, like, one of the worst movies.
2: Damn, like okay. Ever. Well, I guess um, I didn't miss anything.
1: Yeah, and The Adventures of Pluto Nash starring eddie murphy
2: one of the biggest box office bombs of
1: all time yeah dude they were doing great right right around now in the box office funny and enough that's...
2: i actually didn't even like when that movie came out i didn't even know it came out
1: Bro, like, it was 2002 i don't remember any of those
2: th- that's fair but like i remember seeing previews for master disguise i saw spy kids 2 in theaters I don't remember pluto nash at all like i don't even remember like seeing i don't remember seeing anything about it or anyone talking about it
1: yo for the patreon that's totally happening let's do a double feature of master of disguise and the adventures of pluto nash <laughs> okay we'll we'll do
2: that when we get 500 dollars on patreon
1: yeah guys join the 500 hundred dollar tier that's our uh first tier on patreon uh what was the number one song on the billboard top 40 uh beautiful people no nah, no nope. <laughs>
2: Was it was was it across the nation? Um no it wasn't. Uh Hell yeah, bro.
0: Uh but no, I have no idea. Here, give us a hint. Tell us what genre it is.
1: Um, okay, so it's uh it's more pop, I think. Um I'll give you this hint. I mentioned this in the very first episode. It's still the number one top hit at this time. Oh as is well.
0: it hot and her?
1: It's not hot and her.
0: Okay. Oh shit, I don't remember.
1: It's Complicated by Avril Levine.
2: Damn. Okay. Yo, and
1: Skater Boy's just around the corner. I'm pretty pumped <laughs> oh about that God.
2: one. I, I'm not going to lie. For some reason, I was thinking Britney Spears. I don't know why. Yeah, I
1: don't know why either.
2: I oh, don't know, man. Avril Levine, Britney Spears, Potato Potato.
1: And uh, last thing right here, what were some of the video games? Now, uh, one of the video games I do have here uh, came out the following Monday. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it'd technically be more suited for our next episode. But uh, on August 20th, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 had just come out.
0: Okay, okay. Uh,
1: on SummerSlam Sunday, Super Monkey Ball 2 for the GameCube dropped. Dang, we're already on 2. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then the following Monday was Super Mario Sunshine for the GameCube.
2: Nice, nice.
1: So, I mean, some some P-good games.
2: Yeah. That's actually... Super Mario Sunshine to this day it still looks beautiful. Oh, it's a, yeah. It's actually my favorite 3D Mario game, even though I know it's not
0: a popular opinion. I mean, it's unique. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what you say about like an ugly person. <laughs> You're unique, like. Oh, come on.
0: I anyway. The game does look nice. I just haven't played it all the way through, so I don't really have much of an opinion on it. It's cause you like Odyssey and it's garbage. Fuck you,
1: whoa, dude. Oh, whoa. You say Odyssey's garbage? It's garbage. Yo, fuck that.
2: <laughs> Actually, I'm not gonna lie. The only time I played Odyssey was when Damon let me play it. I've I've never really gotten a chance no, to really get into
1: even... it. Well, you know who has played it? Taz and Michael Cole, because they're on commentary to kick off this show. Uh, we get a shot of a rabid crowd just two and a half hours away from the building at WWE World in Times Square, New York. Uh, and we started off hot about thirty seconds into the show. We're already getting into our first match: Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, Got to mention every time, very, very loud. You suck, Chance. Uh never leaving. Crowd was super loud for this match overall. Oh yeah. Um, Michael Cole explains uh, what is a staple of the dual brand pay-per-views around this time. Uh, Michael Cole and Taz will call it the SmackDown matches, while Jerry Lawler and Jr. will call it the Raw matches. And at this point, I was not sure how they would handle uh, interpromotional matches, as there is one on this card. A story of the match. I'm going to do this for every match. Uh, Kurt Angle was pinned by Rey Mysterio during a six-man tag a few weeks ago. The only problem, Rey Mysterio was not the legal participant at the time, so Angle says that win is completely null and void. Does not count. Uh, Angle has also been making comments about uh, Rey's short stature. Ray vows that he can pin Angle again at SummerSlam while Angle vows to break Ray's ankle. I think there's also a little bit of a controversy
2: there as well because there is kind of a legal dispute as to whether a 12-year-old is allowed to sign a WWE contract.
1: That, That is true as well. Also, Kurt did specifically tell Ray that he had to be about this tall to talk to Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah so i mean kurt kurt's the good guy in this situation to be completely honest he's just looking out for this 12 year old but
2: also i'm jumping the gun here but i'd also like to point out that ray sneak attacked kurt angle again
1: that's true ray's music hits uh but he does not come out at first that's because ray surprises kurt from behind on the apron uh with a springboard head scissors to get this match started uh and did you guys notice that ray touched his mask about every two seconds in this match
2: No, I didn't. I didn't take notice of it, but I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Well, uh, there's actually a reason to it. I remember uh, Ray. Okay, so Ray Mysterio got a documentary made of him, like really short into his WWE run, probably by like Mania 19. Um, And he actually talks about uh, the build to this match. He was under the ring, uh, waiting for his cue to come out and springboard Kurt Angle. And I I don't know why, but for some reason, he did not have his mask on under the ring. So he said he actually had to take a little bit of extra time because he was trying to get his mask on, but he couldn't figure out which way was the right way because it's completely dark under the ring. So he says he barely had it on, and he didn't even have it like tightened up all the way.
2: So that's why he's Uh, adjusting his
1: mask the entire match. I guess maybe he
2: thought it would be too hot, but... Dang, that's kinda
1: He wrestles with it though.
2: Yeah, that is yeah, I get maybe it's under the ring specifically, but I don't know. It's kinda
1: Yeah, I got no clue. I guess it's I guess the match still work out though, so hey. It's true. Uh, off the ropes and a tilt-world head scissors by Rey Mysterio and a monkey flip out of the corner. Uh Ray goes to whip Kurt into the corner, but Kurt is just too strong. Uh so Ray cannot Irish whip him. Kurt goes for a German, but Ray goes around and tries for one of his own. Uh Kurt tries to elbow out, but then just picks Ray Ankle out from under him for the ankle lock. Uh, which he actually gets. I'm sorry, uh, I oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. The angle lock. Ain't no fucking ankle lock. Are you kidding me now? Come on. Well, you know. Uh Ray kicks Kurt off of his leg uh and into the ropes. Kurt runs back to Mysterio, uh, rolls through while grabbing Ray's leg and gets the angle lock in. Uh, but Mysterio is immediately on the ropes. Ah, uh, Kurt pulls Ray off the ropes and holds on to the leg. Uh, Kurt goes to push Ray back down to the mat, but Ray does a one-legged backflip to get away from Kurt Angle. That was pretty uh, impressive. This match overall, like, had
2: really like, like even for like Ray Mysterio, who's not necessarily known for it. it, actually had really good chain wrestling. It yes. had like there, were, there was like a lot of really fast-paced action, like at the beginning, like it started really fast from the very like from jump, honestly.
1: Right. Uh Kurt rushes uh but gets drop toe held into the second rope in position for the six one nine. Mysterio almost hits it but Kurt is able to get out of the way. Uh angle gets out of the ring and pulls Mysterio out from under the bottom rope and just splats face first on the mat. On the Ray's outside. gotta do
2: Ray's gotta do that at least once a match.
1: Oh yeah. I can't wait till we get to the point where they uh they baseball slide him out of the ring, which they do in every match nowadays. Yeah. Um, Ray is thrown headfirst into the apron and then back into the ring, and Kurt Angle follows. Uh, we get some stomps to Ray Mysterio And a vertical suplex. Uh, pretty loud Angle sucks chant, um, mostly boos, but some light cheers in the more smarky uh, New York City, which will actually play a uh, a lot into the main event of oh, this matchup. Yeah. Uh, Irish whip to the ropes in the back body drop kick spot with Ray getting that kick in the upper hand there. Uh, Ray goes for that wheelbarrow bulldog but gets planted with a beautiful German suplex uh, Kurt goes for another but Ray is able to grab onto the ropes uh, we get some shots to Ray's back while he uh, while Kurt still has him ready for that German uh, but Mysterio is able to spin around Kurt's waist and get a roll up uh, I don't know how the hell he did that uh, but that roll up only gets a two count and Angle immediately gets a clothesline for his own two count A backbreaker for a two count by Kurt Angle Camel clutch uh, with some rope assistance. He like so like Mysterio is like in between the ropes, and then he pulls Ray's head where the rope is like on the back of his neck, uh, which was pretty cool. I've never seen that. Yeah, but it's uh, illegal. It is illegal. So he lets go, and then immediately does it again, and has to let go. <laughs> uh, punches in the corner by Kurt Angle. Kurt misses his third punch uh, after spitting at the audience, uh, and Ray fires back with some of his own punches. Rey Mysterio's Irish whip is reversed and he goes for an up and over into a head scissors. But uh, Kurt stops Ray halfway through the head scissors for a sidewalk slam for a two count, which I thought was pretty cool.
2: So, yeah, actually, yeah, that was a really nice counter. It's actually honestly probably the most I've ever popped for a sidewalk slam. Oh, yeah, like I usually mean, it's, you tell it's... me
1: you tell me when Kane hit someone, Gene Snitsky, you weren't fucking okay. On
2: it? Okay, in fairness kane's sidewalk slam is really good but it's like usually it just kind of is one of those moves where i'm like yeah yeah it's a move that's about it it's a
1: side yeah yeah yeah. but then like
2: when the way kurt did it here was actually really impressive right but um also i uh do want to say that uh crap i lost my train of thought it was right before because i started talking about the side slam but it was something right before that we were talking
0: about
1: uh so sidewalk slam ray went for a head scissors uh, his Irish whip was reversed. Kurt Angle oh, yeah. spit at the crowd.
2: That's it. Has Rey ever successfully Irish rip whipped anyone?
0: I mean, it hasn't happened.
1: I've never even thought about that. I can't really like think of Rey Mysterio ever doing an Irish whip.
2: I feel like every single time he does it, it's like a given that it's going to be reversed.
1: Because he's the WWE's uh, littlest biggest dog or whatever the fuck his name was or whatever I don't remember what they called him because
2: even like against someone who's like closer to his size I feel like even like Shannon Moore and Tajiri almost like would still just reverse it
1: like yeah, I think pretty much everyone's bigger than Ray
2: yeah like actually is there anybody No, nope. unless you really want to count like Octagoncito but you know
1: oh hell yeah bro we talking Masquerita Sagrada oh yeah Bro, he's still gonna. Yo, I still gotta get El Torito to intro this fucking pod. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, we get a half Boston crab two Rey Mysterio. I love a good half Boston. I wish more people did it. Just saying. Uh, Ray eventually reverses it into a small package for a two. Another clothesline by Angle for another two count. Uh, we guess uh, two punches to Rey Mysterio. Kurt goes for a third, but Ray hits a jawbreaker on Kurt Angle. Uh, forearms by Ray. His Irish whip is reversed, as we were just talking about. Uh, ray ducks a clothesline and goes for a sunset flip roll up uh, but kurt goes to mount uh, ray for a punch but then ray moves his head causing angle to just punch the mat and hurt his hands uh angle or i'm sorry ray off the ropes but he eats a huge belly to belly suplex and the straps are down and you know when kurt angle pulls those straps down shit's about to get real real
2: Something I also like, and, I, and this is uh, this is obviously the case for other times that we've been watching, but like, it's actually interesting like seeing Kurt Angle's physique during this period of his life. Because he's like, and feel free to disagree with me, but I feel like this is like him at his like biggest. Um, uh... Not even just because of like aging later on, but I mean like, I feel like he wasn't this big when he like debuted either.
1: Really? I was about to say I feel like he might have been.
2: I I just imagine. I remember him being slimmer when he debuted. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, don't know. I just maybe the maybe the bald head
1: just makes him look bigger to me. I don't know. I mean, he definitely looks a lot cooler bald than he did with his little haircut, his little buzz cut type thing. Yeah. Going on. the crew it's, cut. It's,
2: it's a more badass look. Maybe yeah. maybe subconsciously it makes me think he's bigger.
1: Yeah. Also, well, I mean, also he's next to Rey Mysterio, who's like. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, Kurt goes for the angle slam, but Ray reverses with a nice arm drag. Kurt rushes, but Ray lowburies the rope, causing Angle to fly to the outside. Uh, Ray goes for some type of dive to the outside, uh, but the ref stops him, which gets a lot of boos. Uh, Ray runs off the ropes and does a tope con hilo over the ref, over the top ropes, and outside onto Kurt Angle. I've seen that spot a lot. It's a pretty normal spot. And every time I pop big for it, it's very impressive. It is. It really is. Also, it's a very just fun, you know, kind of goofy spot to do, but it's just still cool. Especially because, like, when
2: I could, like, hear, like, an audible smack sound when Ray hit Kurt,
1: like, like on impact. Kurt Angle, I think, purposely, like, killed himself on everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ray throws Kurt back into the ring and hits a huge springboard leg drop to Kurt, which uh, gets a close two count which the crowd reacts big for. They really are behind Rey Mysterio in this match. Uh, whip reversed, and Rey slides through Kurt's legs. Uh, Rey gets kicked in the gut, whipped to the corner, uh, springboards onto Kurt's shoulders uh, like an electric, drop, uh, electric chair drop position, uh, and Kurt throws Rey down and into the angle lock. Uh, Rey kicks angle off into position for the 619. We get, we get the 619 by Rey Mysterio. Uh, and Mysterio goes for that West Coast Pop, and he just fucking spikes Kurt Angle on the top of his head. Oh yeah, it was brutal looking. Uh, which gets another very close two count, and I put the crowd is one hundred and ten percent behind this match and specifically Bray Mysterio. Um, I, I do find it interesting
2: that, well, in fairness, it really wasn't his finisher back then. But like, it's it's funny. It's like seeing Kurt kick out of the kick out of the leg drop and then a West Coast Pop, just because like. That leg drop eventually becomes his go-to finishing move when he stops doing the West Coast pop. And so, like, seeing Kurt Angle kick out of all that, it's like seeing people kick out of the spear before Edge actually made it his finisher,
1: you know? Right. Part of me thinks Kurt Angle's doing uh, what my eventual indie gimmick is going to be, of he asks the person what their finisher is before the match, and then they tell me he's like, cool, I'm going to kick out of two, and then just walks out there. (laughs) That's going to be my gimmick. My God. Uh, Spinning heel kick by Rey Mysterio to Kurt Angle. Ray goes to the top rope and Angle rushes. Uh, So Ray avoids it by just uh, doing a front flip over Kurt Angle off the top rope and landing onto his feet. Very impressive. Uh, And during that, Kurt is now sitting on the top rope. uh, And Ray hits a springboard dropkick. Ray goes for a top rope hurricanrana. But Kurt is able to avoid it and locks in the angle lock. Ray, very close to the ropes, is pulled away by Kurt and Rey Mysterio taps in the center of the ring. Kurt Angle picks up the win. Uh, How do you guys feel about this match? I just want to say real quick,
2: I actually thought that was a botch until he locked the ankle lock in. I actually thought, like... Oh, really? They, I really thought they just messed up the move that Kurt didn't didn't bump correctly. But then when he went right into the, right the submission, I was like, oh, okay, never mm-hmm. mind. That was probably on purpose.
0: Yeah, it did look awkward, but like as soon as you saw him grab that ankle, it was like, oh, shit, okay yeah but i i have to say uh i
2: mentioned well in the lead up to this this was the match i was looking forward to the most did not disappoint at all oh, definitely. was was great from beginning to end probably the perfect match to start out the show
1: yeah it's oh. pretty much why. oh go ahead damon
0: oh i'm just agreeing with dean like yeah i was looking forward to this match a lot didn't disappoint got the crowd nice and hot warmed up
1: uh, yeah I'd agree with both you I said really fun fast paced match to open up the show uh, and the story kind of coming out of this Mysterio may not be on Kurt's level yet but he definitely has earned the respect of the crowd
2: oh definitely He's, yeah it's actually kind of amazing how quickly Ray got over
1: yeah. hell of a showing I'm I, part of me kind of wonders what it is because like granted wrestling is a lot different now like did Ricochet really get he didn't get this over no. Like he, he got over pretty quick doing his flippy stuff but like he wasn't no Rey Mysterio and maybe that's part of Rey Mysterio wearing the mask I, I don't know see
2: that's something that's worth analyzing because there legitimately are like high flyers today who some of them do stuff Rey Mysterio never did now there's still stuff that Rey did that no one else ever did but right. even then it's like at least for me uh, I think the attachment to Rey Mysterio often comes down to like the sympathy angle of it at least from my perspective. Because he's a tiny little man. Well, not just that, but I just think that I think a lot of cruiserweights in the modern day, well not even cruiserweights in general, but like a lot of like high flyers don't sell as much as Rey Mysterio does. Oh I And see, I don't yeah. think it I don't think it builds the same level of sympathy when he's selling as a result.
0: That makes sense. And yeah. then I was thinking like okay, back when Rey Mysterio, let's say WCW, prior to his WWE run you didn't see near as much lucha stuff i imagine but nowadays like ricochet hill he was on lucha underground as prince puma they were doing flippy shit every episode forever oh yeah so like i didn't even
1: yeah because yeah i mean wcw really is credited for uh bringing the idea of lucha to the states right really was never in the states
0: so i think that plays a big part in it too and i
2: also will say that like and i'm not gonna say all like obviously not all because there are plenty of luchadores who well adapted to the american style but there's like like say the original sin cara oh, who never who never i mean even beyond the botching even beyond the botching i just don't think he ever really got like the more grounded american style of wrestling and i think for a lot of people who didn't really get like pure lucha libre they saw him and was like, oh, he's just doing a bunch of flips and he's not really doing anything convincing. He's just kind of doing moves, basically.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought he just kind of sucked. Anyway, well, okay, fair fair enough. D- Uda, here's the Uda. thing. I've seen clips of him uh, in Mexico, and, he, I mean, he fucking never botched in Mexico. So I don't know what the deal was in the States. But That's weird. That's weird. Huh. I, I read something that apparently in Lucha, everything feeds to the right but in the U.S., everything feeds to the left, like based on camera positioning or something. No, like um, like if you were to do an arm drag in in Mexico, you do it to their right arm, but in the states, you do it to their left arm. Really? And okay. Apparently, I never like all about moves that. are like that, which I've never really picked up on. Yeah, I never have either, actually. So uh, apparently that was probably a big reason because he i don't think he spent like any time in developmental
2: no in, i don't think straight to raw
1: i think you're right yeah sheamus bro um
2: even Steph- del rio didn't do, didn't do that he spent time
1: in developmental yo del rio fucking he can suck the skin off my dick anyway <laughs> fair enough there fair stephanie enough mcmahon there. is backstage and she's talking with some production assistant um or personal assistant who knows i just type pa uh he has a cast on his hand which i thought was weird but that doesn't play into anything uh and he just said that he thought Rey mysterio was going to win that match uh stephanie says that's what smackdown is all about and smackdown is the superior brand uh she tells uh this uh this pa to tell bischoff to try and top kurt angle and Rey mysterio and the guy says he'll go and tell eric such a thing uh stephanie walks into her office and well, speak of the devil, Eric Bischoff is in there sitting on a couch. Uh, Stephanie wants to know what Bischoff is doing in her office. Uh, Eric says, it's a pleasure. And Steph says, well, whose pleasure is it? Because it certainly isn't mine. I was like, ooh, garum, him, him. Uh, Eric says, well, it's always my pleasure, it seems. Uh, Eric Bischoff says that, quote unquote, Stephanie's office is actually the only office in the building tonight. Uh, and they're on neutral grounds because this is a dual brand pay-per-view so they could just share the office for tonight uh stephanie says you know what i would actually enjoy sharing the office because i want to see your face when smackdown reigns supreme tonight so uh,
2: oh. oh i mean I, I can let you finish real quick but i wanted to talk about that reigning supreme thing uh
1: well just eric tells stephanie to uh watch and take notes and then uh, yeah
2: so if you recall I said let's take Stephanie up on it last episode as to which show had better matches but then I came to realize that like Raw like raw exclusive matches versus SmackDown exclusive matches there are like two extra Raw exclusive matches so it's almost kind of even hard to judge on that because even like the title match which Brock is SmackDown it's like yeah but the Rock isn't the Intercontinental Championship matches both brands Um and it's to the point where it's like, oh, I don't even know if it's really a good way to judge this anymore.
1: Well, let me tell you what. Eric Bischoff said, I'm going to top you, Steph. And then he gave us the next match. But that, that we'll get there. Yeah. Um, uh, JR says, it'll be interesting to see how Stephanie and Eric Bischoff tried to coexist. And also, SummerSlam will be entertaining and interesting. Uh, Lawler says, it's now time to introduce everyone to the raw portion of SmackDown. Or, or SummerSlam. That guy had one fucking job, and he said the Raw portion of SmackDown.
2: <laughs> Good lord. Uh, it's great.
1: Um, story of the match for our next matchup, Raw's first matchup, Chris Jericho taking on Ric Flair. The story here, Jericho made his debut on Raw almost four weeks ago when he attacked Ric Flair after his main event match. Since then, Jericho has called Ric Flair a washed-up has-been that is no longer on the same level as him, the king of the world. Uh, flair vows to show jericho that he is still the limousine riding jet flying kiss stealing wheeling dealing son of a gun uh we get a replay of last week's raw when chris jericho got a trash can put on his head and then jericho fucking murdered rick flair with that same trash can and then flair came out all bloodied looking cool as hell and ruined fozzy's performance flair uh comes out here and he comes out to some theme song i have never heard of his
2: yeah i i was I noticed that it was like, I was like, wait, what is this?
1: Yeah, I don't know what it was, but I did not like it. Uh, definitely not as good as his 2001 A Space Odyssey theme, uh, which I did not know the name for. I'm going a, I'm to a butcher this. Uh, also, Sporak Zarathustra by Richard Strauss. Hmm. Apparently that's what that song is. I, I think you got most of that right. You didn't, didn't get all of it. <laughs> didn't quite get all of it. Yeah. Uh, we get a lockup and Flair backed into the corner. Uh, Jericho lets go at a four count and double taps Flair on the chest. And Flair responds with a slap to the face of Jericho. Uh, lockup and Chris Jericho gets a waist lock. Uh, Flair gets an arm drag and a two count. Uh, both men go for another lockup, uh, but Jericho is just doing it to bait uh, Ric Flair into a kick to the gut. Uh, we get some punches in the corner and a mounted choke in the corner to Ric Flair. Uh, whip to the opposite corner and a back body drop clothesline by Chris Jericho a back suplex by Chris Jericho uh, Jericho goes for a running elbow on a downed Ric Flair uh, but Ric Flair is able to roll out of the way you get three chops and a whip to the rope by Flair uh, he goes for the back body drop but Jericho kicks him Jericho rushes and Flair throws him over the top rope but Jericho uh, holds onto that rope and skins the cat to get back into the ring uh, and the second he gets back into the ring he walks right into another chop I thought that was a funny little spot there
2: Rick was really laying those chops in this match. Rick is always
0: laying those chops in. When
1: did this man not lay those chops in? I don't know, man. I feel like I noticed it even more today. Uh, We get another chop and some punches in the corner by Ric Flair. Poke to the eyes by Jericho, so Jericho can get back in this. Uh, Head to the corner and two chops. Uh, Whip to the opposite corner, and Flair does that classic turnbuckle bump where he, he hits it and front flips all the way up the turnbuckle.
0: Yo, yeah, good for him for doing that. That's a nasty ass bump. Yeah. Didn't quite get all the way over, but
2: still. Right. Yeah, no, he kinda splatted a little bit. But funny enough, it actually made it look more painful.
1: Yeah. Uh Flair gets clotheslined over the top rope and Jericho follows him to the outside. Uh Flair gets his head thrown into the barricade. Uh Jericho rips off the top layer of padding on that barricade and he drops Ric Flair jaw first on it. Uh chin first maybe. Rather, probably. I don't know. Uh, double axe handle to Ric Flair's back while he's draped over the barricade. Uh, it's very similar to the build uh, to WrestleMania 3 between Macho Man and Steamboat. Uh, the build to that uh, Steamboat got double axe handled his throat into the barricade. And it was a whole like, oh, can he make it to WrestleMania 3? Uh, and actually, a little fun fact here. I got some fun facts, a lot of fun facts this episode. Um, Jericho said that him and one of his friends when they were kids would regularly recreate the entire Wrestlemania 3 match in their basement because they loved that match so much damn hey that's commitment
2: but then again just shows you a passion he has for wrestling so
1: oh definitely definitely Uh, Flair sells that uh, that double axe handle into the barricade he just screams oh god and then he just bumps into the fucking camera guy which is yeah. beautiful uh, Flair thrown back in the ring and Jericho follows uh, some punches in the corner by Chris Jericho. Uh, Jericho is talking trash and dancing after each punch which is which is nice. Uh, Flair blocks a punch and hits a chop. Some more chops by Ric Flair. Uh, whip to the corner but Jericho gets that elbow up. Jericho hits a second row missile drop kick for a two count and then he immediately goes for another one and gets only a two count uh, Jericho begins to remove the turnbuckle pad and referee Lil Nage Charles Robinson uh, starts counting, so Jericho stops doing this. Um, and Jericho finally walks away. And while uh, Charles Robinson is fixing that turnbuckle padding, Jericho used his own wrist tape to choke Ric Flair. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a tag rope at first until. So yeah, I'm... that's
1: what I. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I thought the same thing until they mentioned it was the tape. Yeah, they said it was the tape, and I was like, "Are you sure?" And then. Like, then afterwards, I saw it dangling from his wrist. I was like, oh, I guess, shit. Look at all of us having bad eyesight. Right? Lil Nage eventually notices and starts counting that choke. Uh, so Jericho will let go. He eventually does let go, and Flair gets in a chop. Uh, Flair and Jericho begin re- uh, doing chops and punches uh, respectively, trading them back and forth. Uh, Jericho chokes Flair on the ropes. Uh, Jericho does hit that hip attack on Rook Flair in a vertical suplex. Uh, by Chris Jericho. And uh, JR mentions that the last two moves, that hip attack and that vertical suplex, are targeting uh, Ric Flair's back, which I, I thought it was very important to bring this part up because it's fucking crazy. Uh, Ric Flair broke his back back in 1975. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was involved in a plane crash. You've probably heard about it at least once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the crash actually killed the pilot and paralyzed the wrestler Johnny Valentine. Uh, Flair broke his back in three places and was told by doctors that he should slash would slash could never wrestle again. Uh, in 1975, he was 26. And in 2002, he is 52 years old, and he's still wrestling and would wrestle for another eight years, which is insane. It's beautiful, man. Story of the comeback. Comeback king. You
2: got respect the to hustle.
1: Fred, I guess, dude. That's, that's that Ric Flair drip, I'm telling you.
0: Yeah,
2: and he's not like, and and I I would like to say like, despite that, he does not take it easy on the bumps, even when he gets like to the end of his career.
1: Oh hell no, God, we get very brutal Ric Flair matches uh, throughout the years. We definitely do. Uh, Jericho goes up to the top rope, but Flair hits two chops and a deadly driver to get him down. Uh, Jericho rushes, but Flair moves, causing Jericho to go shoulder first into the ring post. Two chops and a back body drop by Ric Flair. A back suplex for a two count. A vertical suplex is reversed by Jericho. And a schoolboy roll up into a walls of Jericho attempt. Uh, Flair actually turns that into a small package for two. Clothesline by Chris Jericho. Some chops by Jericho. Whip to the corner and a bulldog. Uh, Flair moves out of the way the lion's salt. Two chops by Flair and a very bad looking half Boston crab. Uh, Yeah. Jericho... Jericho's able to reverse that into the figure four Ric Flair's own move and Flair's selling is amazing Uh, he's one of the few guys I've ever seen get in the figure four and he like tries to slap the dude in the face while he's in it (laughs) I love that Yeah. Uh, Flair eventually is able to grab the rope and he taps at the same time as he grabs the rope Uh, and Jericho's dumbass he thinks that he won the match but since Flair had the ropes the tap doesn't count uh, as Jericho would have had to have let go of the hold anyway uh, Jericho begins celebrating, but Lone H, Charles Robinson, has to explain to him what just happened. Jericho gets pissed and shoves the ref before kicking Flair. Uh, Jericho goes for that hip attack again, but Flair moves causing uh, Jericho to crotch himself on the ropes. A uh, Chop to Jericho causes Jericho to bump into the referee. Flair uses this to his advantage and low blows Jericho while the ref is making sure his eye's okay. Big pop on that low blow, too. Uh, figure four locked in and Chris Jericho taps. What would you guys think of this match?
2: I think that Ric Flair's selling was excellent, but I don't think he really got his groove right now.
1: Hell no. He's not.
2: I actually think, funny enough, he actually starts wrestling better matches later on than he does here. Here, it just felt like he still is missing a step. Like, he's not quite where he needs to be.
0: See, I thought there was, like, the story was uh, i don't know the build-up i think was better than the match but like the match was still fun be- for what it was like it's a rick flair match he's what'd you say Trent 54
1: 52 years old
0: at this 52 point. that's still as shit for a wrestler yeah so especially
2: one that's had as many injuries as he's had
1: as right. many injuries and crazy fucking stories yeah that party in life um which he did not even
2: stop, even when he was in his sixties. So no,
1: of course not. Uh, I thought it was a fine match. It was. It was okay. Uh, Flair's chops do get very, very repetitive after a while, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we're backstage, and Brock Lesnar is getting ready for his main event title match, which is still like two hours away. So I don't know why he's warming up so soon. It seems like he's just wasting energy. Uh, Heyman asks if Brock just saw what happened he says it's like when a musician dies they release that best of album and that's what they're going to be doing soon with hulk hogan because brock lesnar killed his career now was he talking about the rick flair match or was he talking about something that got cut from the network because i was a little confused uh
2: wait hang on i'm sorry like like he say i'm sorry say all that again
1: okay. i'm little lost Heyman asks if Brock just saw what had happened. He says it's like when a musician dies, they release that best of album, and uh-huh. he says that's what they're going to be doing with Hulk Hogan because Brock Lesnar killed his career. Okay, yeah, I, I guess I, hmm, because here's the thing. To yeah. me, it makes sense if he's saying that about Ric Flair because like it kind of was like a best of match. Like Ric Flair did all, his... he did the figure four, he did the chops, he did the strut, and, you know, like it kind of was like, like that... a best of. I greatest hits match yeah
2: i guess but even then i feel like that comment would have made more sense if rick flair lost yeah maybe i don't know I don't, I don't know i guess maybe that's what he was talking about but i am not gonna lie the reason i was like wasn't sure when you mentioned that was because i didn't even make the connection to the rick flair match when he said that that's i funny. i guess in my head i was like it didn't even seem like they i mean they probably were now that you say that but in my head at the time i didn't even connect the two
1: Heyman says that it'll actually be the same with The Rock's title reign. Uh, Heyman says that since Brock is already in The Rock's head, half that battle's already won. Uh, Heyman says that Rock will bring everything he's got because he, for once, feels like the underdog. Uh, Heyman tells Brock Lesnar to use uh, The Rock having that underdog uh, mindset to his advantage. If he can do this, Brock will leave Undisputed Champion, which gets a bit of a pop uh, from the crowd.
2: Yeah, that'll like you said that'll play into the main event a little bit. Oh,
1: fuck. Um next contest, Smackdown matchup Eddie Guerrero taking on Edge. Uh Edge came out wearing a very cool looking white, gold and black gear.
0: Yes. That uh, looks uh, really, really nice, sick
1: and I want in a, a Mattel Elite figure of that. Uh you fucking cowards at Mattel. Bill McKenna, make it. Sorry about that. Uh story yeah, of you the You better Edge. apologize. You, Bill McKenna, no. gonna whip my ass. <laughs> I'm calling you out, Bill McKenna. You and me on the Indies. You tell me you're finished. I'm gonna kick out it too, brother. Uh, story of the match: Eddie Guerrero is jealous of all the attention Edge has gotten because of his talent, looks, charisma, smile, sex appeal, etc. Uh, Eddie says that he's got everything Edge has and even more. You know why? Because he's Latino heat. Uh, Eddie also doesn't like the Edge has actually speared him multiple times within the last month. Uh, so that's that's the build of this match. Uh, and even if that build doesn't sound very good, uh, there's a definitely at least one match on here that has so much of a worse fucking build. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, yeah. Uh, lock up in a full Nelson attempt by Eddie Guerrero. Edge goes to reverse, but Eddie turns it into a hammer lock. Uh, Edge elbows out and punches. Uh, whip to the ropes, and Eddie ducks the clothesline, but gets hit with the flapjack. Uh, Edge with a wrist lock and Eddie turns it into one of his own. Edge turns around and hits Eddie with a knee to the gut. Uh, Edge goes for a vertical suplex, but Eddie's able to float over and land on the apron. Uh, Eddie grabs Edge's head and slams it down into the ropes. Uh, We get some punches by Eddie Guerrero. His Irish whip gets reversed. Uh, Leapfrog and a huge monkey flip by Edge. Uh, And I put here, I don't think I have ever seen Eddie Guerrero get hit with a monkey flip and his legs not just collide with the ropes on the other side of the ring. Mm. He always did
0: that it Must just be like Rey Mysterio Not landing an Irish whip
1: Yeah dude, Billy and never getting hit with a power bomb bro
0: Yeah that never happened
1: <laughs> uh, We get a layout body slam By Edge for a two count uh, Eddie tied up uh, In the ropes and gets hit with a spear uh, Edge goes for another But Eddie moves causing Edge to spill to the outside uh, Both men To the outside at this point Eddie goes to grab Edge, but Edge just kind of like shoves him off awkwardly. And uh, referee Brian Hebner immediately exits the ring and checks on Edge's shoulder. Uh, Eddie shoves the ref out of the way and starts attacking Edge even further on the outside. Edge thrown shoulder first into the steps. Uh, both men are now back in the ring and Eddie continues to just stomp into Edge's left shoulder, uh, which seems to have gotten hurt when he got thrown to the outside.
2: Yeah, that's that's actually something I took note of was the fact that Eddie in this match does go after Edge's shoulder in a lot of different creative
1: ways. Very creative ways, yeah. It's, it's definitely the story of the match, um, which it took me a while. I, I did type it somewhere. I'm pretty good. I, it took me a while while watching it to kind of pick up on it because whenever someone attacks a limb specifically, it needs to make sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you got to attack it to build to something. And it took me forever. Eddie's attacking that arm so Edge can't do the spear.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think like I forget if it was Michael Cole or Taz. One of them mentioned that on commentary at some point. Right. Oh yeah, Michael uh, Michael was Michael Cole. He said, Yeah, and I think that's the the shoulder Edge uses for the spear is basically what he said.
1: Yeah. Uh Irish Whip reversed. Edge goes for the back body drop, but Eddie knees him in the shoulder. We get an arm DDT by Eddie Guerrero. Uh some elbows to Edge's arm. Eddie locks fingers with Edge and does a rope-assisted arm DDT. I've never seen anything like that, and it looked great.
2: It, it got a good reaction, too. It, yeah. looked, it, looked, it looked really good.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: That gets a two count. Uh, some more stomps and hammer lock to Edge. Uh, Edge gets to the rope, but Eddie keeps attacking the shoulder with knees and stomps. And I typed it right here. If Eddie can take out Edge's shoulder, Edge cannot hit that spear. Uh, we get a crossface chicken wing to Edge. I love that move. I uh, wish more people did it. Also, shout out to Bob Backlund, who one time on an episode of Raw said that he had never eaten a marijuana. <laughs> have you guys ever seen that promo?
0: Yes. Okay,
2: yes, I have. I'm just still like that That phrasing. That phrasing, man.
1: Yeah, so this is during like his heel run. I'm going to get into this real quick. It's during his heel run in 94, uh, where he eventually beats Brett for the title. And he's, like, talking about how he's such a good role model to the kids. And he was like, I've never said a cuss word. I have never eaten a marijuana. And I'm like, what? And then uh, after that, because at the time Vince was the interviewer, Vince goes back to commentary with Macho Man. And Macho Man kind of gives him, like, a wink, wink, and nudge, nudge. He's like, huh, Vince, I uh, didn't know you ate it. Didn't know that was something you did. Did you know that, Vince? And Vince just trying to ignore it. The only thing I can
2: think is like, oh, he's talking about like brownies. But even then, I highly doubt. that's what i, I highly doubt that's what he actually meant. I think he I just don't did, think Bob Backlund knows know. about that. Yeah, I just think he just didn't know. God bless Bob Backlund, bro.
1: Yo, you remember Bob Backlund, and Darren Young? Yes. Yeah. That actually had legs. I thought that could have been something more. Yeah, there
2: were actually t- moments when, like, uh, when Darren Young was going for the crossfish chicken wing, the crowd actually started popping for it.
1: Yeah, they had a. Uh... He had an IC title shot against the Miz on pay per view.
2: Yeah. It was. That's
1: that battle royal he won by eliminating nobody, which is hilarious. Yeah.
2: I will say that I, I think it had legs, but I feel like it only had legs because of Bob Backlund.
1: Yeah. Bob Darren Young.
2: I got to be honest here. Darren Young, they broke up the primetime players twice, and every time they did it, I was like, these guys need each other. They oh, are my not. God. Yeah. They, they cannot. They just did not work. Titus, especially. Titus not... sucks. I hate
1: Titus he, O'Neil. He's he talking he about is, Pancake Patterson.
2: He just looks—he looks like he doesn't know how to move his body.
1: <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, we get that crossface chicken wing to Edge. Uh, Edge powers out with some elbows and a snapmare, but Eddie quickly grabs Edge's leg and gets a uh, Fujiwara armbar. After that, uh, Edge almost powers out Uh, of Eddie elbows edge in the shoulder and hits a back suplex while still holding onto the arm so he can transition into a wrist lock. Uh, I just type, Eddie was so damn good at those little technical intricacies of professional wrestling.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta say, like, I legitimately think he might, at this point, be the best wrestler on the roster.
1: Yeah. Him, Benoit, Angle.
2: Yeah, like, those are the only people... That I think are like on that level. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like guys. Like, I really like Tajiri. Well,
1: like, fucking Tajiri, bro.
2: But like, to like, I guess there's always there's always that caveat of like, as much as I love Tajiri, he wasn't as good a wrestler as those other guys.
1: You know. I think there's kind of two things to it. One, he wrestled a bit of a different style. Yeah, yeah. His wasn't as technical as much as it was a bit more hard hitting with the kicks and stuff
2: exactly which is why i make that clarification just because it's like I-, I think there is a notable difference between being a good performer being an entertaining
1: performer and being a good wrestler right because I, that's actually what my next point was going to be of like while tajiri was very charismatic uh in his own way eddie benoit and angle more so Eddie and angle actually yeah i agree w- were so damn good in the ring and also so damn good at cutting a promo, having a a personality. Um, and I think part of what Tajiri's problem could have been was maybe the language barrier. Yeah, maybe. I, don't I do know. remember.
2: um I forget who it was. Like I remember somebody in an interview saying that Tajiri's accent was kayfabe. Well, not that his accent oh, was yeah. kayfabe,
1: but I have, like I think William Regal said it.
2: Yeah, like his broken English was kayfabe,
1: basically. That's hilarious. Yo, William Regal once said in an interview that he, like, hates Tajiri. Oh, really? Oh. Which I don't... I think is partly a joke. I think he just said that, like, oh, they always had great chemistry, but they tried, they tried to travel together at points. And for some reason, Tajiri refused to let Regal listen to music during the drives. So, but, but here's the thing. Tajiri wouldn't talk to him either. So they just oh, sat in complete oh. silence for three hours.
2: Oh, that'd be super awkward.
1: Yeah, Regal said I, yeah. it drove him crazy.
2: Yeah, that could, Oh, no, that sounds like torture.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Irish whip reverse, but Eddie still hits a clothesline. Eddie Guerrero off the ropes, but gets hit with a power slam by Edge. Uh, two clotheslines and back body drop by Edge, all while holding his uh, left arm very close to his body. Uh, edge rushes, but eats an elbow. Get the winning edge for a two count. Uh, Eddie grabs the arm and goes for a vertical suplex but Edge suplexes him over the top rope and onto the floor. Uh, Edge hits a top rope crossbody to the outside and Eddie did not catch Edge in the slightest. Which, Mm -hmm. to be fair, they were kind of close to the barricade. So, like, if Eddie were to catch him, he would have, like, landed, like, with his head really bent up on the barricade. It probably would have hurt his neck. Oh, yeah. I imagine. Uh, Eddie thrown back in the ring and Edge goes to the top rope but is stopped by Eddie with some punches Uh, Both men fight up top, and Edge hits that suplex face buster off the second rope. Really like that move uh, for a two count. Uh, Edge goes for the spear, but gets hit with a drop kick. Uh, Eddie goes for the frog splash, but Edge gets the knees up. And that was a pretty rough-looking landing for Eddie on that.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Educution for a two count. Uh, Edge goes for it again, but is put into a beautiful bridging northern lights by Eddie for a two. Uh, Neck breaker by Eddie Guerrero. Eddie climbs up top for a frog splash, uh, but Edge stops him with some strikes. Uh, both men trade strikes with Eddie. Wait, what? Why did I say that? Oh, because I didn't read the full fucking sentence. Keep that in. That was good. That was, that was classic right there. Okay. Uh, Chavo ta- classic. Chavo Sorry. classic, bro. <laughs> uh, both men trade strikes with Eddie getting Edge off the top rope. Eddie hits the frog splash two edges injured shoulder for only a two count. I thought that was a pretty cool spot.
2: I'm not gonna lie. I thought like at that moment that like Eddie was like setting up for like some submission for the arm right after that, but didn't really happen.
0: Yeah, I just thought he like messed up and was off, but then he did the thing, I was like, oh, that makes sense.
1: He did the thing,
0: yeah, he, he did the frog with the eh hit him with the eh.
1: Uh, Eddie goes crazy with a barrage of strikes to Edge's shoulders. Uh, he locks the fingers and runs up the ropes. Uh, but Edge throws him down to the mat and hits the spear for the three. Uh, what do you guys think of this match? You know, I wasn't blown away by it.
2: Same. I I will say that, and I'm this is no offense to Edge. I just don't think Edge performed in this match nearly as well as Eddie did. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I think, mean, but Edge, it's Eddie Guerrero.
2: Yeah, but I think Edge still has, like, room to improve, and I think we'll see him improve as time goes on, um, but I I do think that it was st- it was still entertaining, and I do think that, like, targeting the shoulder really brought the match together. There were some really creative spots by Eddie, so I just think that even though it wasn't amazing, I think Eddie Guerrero brought the match together.
0: Yeah, no, pretty much everything Dean said, I thought it was a fun little story they had, and I don't know. It was still a good match. Like I like I said, I think hype uh, is a big part of things and the build up. But while there wasn't much of one, it was still a fun match and the shoulder selling told a good story. I thought it was decent. Uh, I would have liked
1: something a bit more fast paced between these two. Uh, but luckily this feud, go- I mean, hell, I think this feud goes on to about 2003. You know, so we'll definitely hey, okay. see more matches between these two uh, which will make up for that I know they have that no DQ match to main event Smackdown which I'm pretty sure that's the one where Edge broke his neck the first time Oof.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, after this we get a video package hyping up the WWE just kind of in general uh, the narrator says that contract disputes don't alter our show oh, which I had to look it up because I don't know jack shit about sports uh, which that was a dig at uh, Major League Baseball, MLB uh, who almost had a strike in 2002 but after uh, but an agreement ended up being met between the team owners and the players on August 30th, five days after SummerSlam mm. uh, the, the package finishes with World Wrestling Entertainment our season never ends uh, and I had a huge point of contention with that quote because that is not a good thing No, it's not. (laughs) Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Selfishly, I would love new live pro wrestling every week of the year. But you have these guys working 300 days a year because they're not only working the days they're on TV, they do meet and greets and they have live events that aren't even televised that they're wrestling. They work like four or five days a week, and the whole time they're traveling all over the world. They don't see their family, they're destroying their bodies. Like, I don't think it's a good thing to brag about when you have so much of your talent dying of drug overdoses at the age of forty-five or under.
2: Especially at a time when they were still doing chair shots to the head.
1: When they were still doing chair shots to the head, people still had pretty bad drug addictions. <laughs> yeah, uh, like
2: hate to say this, but uh, Eddie and Benoit were both on steroids during this period. I imagine.
1: Are you kidding? They were fucking gigantic, dude. Yeah, yeah. They were both. Deb- and here's the thing. I don't know necessarily about Ben Wall He was always pretty big But Eddie only gets bigger Oh yeah, he does Like by the time he wins the title He is huge Yeah, which There's no way that was natural Half these, Hell, in uh, 2007 Like 12, 15 guys got suspended Because they all got outed in this like Steroid ring yeah and i think
2: like edge was part of it too actually
1: edge was in there chavo fucking funaki of all people I'm oh jeez, funaki okay funaki needs a refund i Mm do yeah bro it's like that uh do you remember the paparazzi productions yeah 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 Yeah. kevin nash would go up to sanjay dutt and he'd mention his back and he's like oh you're on the fucking juice aren't (laughs) you damn but like sanjay dutt was never built so like he was just injecting it to inject it kind of like viscera have you heard the viscera story no, I didn't know. Oh, uh, you don't know, none of Oh my God. No. Okay. I thought, wait, is that how he died? I thought he's died because he was really overweight. Yeah, no, he died because he was fat. Um, <laughs> Goddamn. I can say that I'm fat too. Uh, okay.
2: But they can't tell.
1: They don't know yet. They don't know. Not yet. Power of yet. Um, No, uh, Teddy Long said in a shoot interview that Viscera backstage would just pop Viagra and just sit there. Wait. What? He just wanted something to pop in his mouth, I guess. I don't know. What the fuck? He just sit there with a hard knob and Why Viagra?
2: Fucking Viagra? I don't know, man. Fucking get some Flintstones vitamins or some shit. Like why the f- <laughs> why the know. fuck did he pop Viagra? I mean, I'm sorry, like if 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 you tell me, especially like Viscera's like uh like when he actually became like Viscera and he was that one you know what his finisher was, I'm like, uh viscera how about you not pop the viagra today
1: hey vis i don't want penetrate in the center of the ring can you not pop the viagra brother
2: yeah that'd be nice just saying that's i, I that that almost reminds me of like i'm uh, not my not not that it's comparable but like in the new jack uh dark side of the ring where he talked about mustafa like smoking pencil <laughs> shavings
1: <laughs> yeah you did didn't he? it doesn't help that we just i was trying to make this serious point and then i'm laughing about a wrestler smoking pencil shavings it's good shit man Uh, Jonathan Coachman backstage he's interviewing the Un-Americans Coach says that Storm and Christian will be defending their tag titles in just a few minutes against uh, Book Dust Booker T and Gold Dust which is true Uh, Christian says they cannot wait to expose Book Dust for being American shams Uh, Christian says uh, the only problem is that they have to do it in Long Island Coach asks Christian to explain further uh, but Storm jumps in he says that they performed all over the US and Long Island is the epitome of the American wrestling crowd lazy unappreciative and unresponsive and spoiled actually there was a four in there and I said Lance Storm if you thought it was that way in 2002 you should fucking see it in 2020 are you kidding me uh, I wonder if Cre- Zack
2: Ryder was in the crowd
1: because it's bro, New York. that's a random that's a random long song, island but, bro yeah matt yeah. cardona always ready bro he in AEW now
2: <laughs> yeah it is. oh yeah that's right he is
1: yeah i like zach Ryder. i, hope, I remember I cody
2: he saying well. he, didn't he didn't want that, to bring him in because he didn't want AEW to seem like he's just hiring his friends
1: okay bro the second that like fucking qt marshall had a match on dynamite we knew it was all hiring your friends okay yeah QT marshall sucks like, he's been wrestling like, for like twenty years, and he's terrible still. And
2: look, I can't even comment on like the quality of Brandon Cutler's wrestling. He's okay, but, but like literally, literally, when they introduced him, he's like, "Oh yeah, he's a childhood friend of the Young Bucks."
1: Yeah, and Doctor Luther, who's absolute shit, but I do love the, <laughs> rah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dean, wait, hold on, Jericho's bud. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Brandon Cutler, Dean, tonight, uh, Brandon Cutler, along with the best friends in Orange Cassidy, are playing D and D. Or oh, they really? already did and it and it's filmed. It airs oh, okay. On in... yeah. um, beating the elite, or, or I don't know. I have to look further into it. Okay. See,
1: I, I am uh, curious about that because on one of the newest being the elites, best friends decide they're gonna kill Brandon Cutler.
2: Oh, okay. Well, okay. So. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess yeah. we're going
1: loose. We're going full on Lucha Underground with this. Hell huh? yeah, bro. Uh, Christian says everyone will be wrongfully sitting on their hands while him and Lance Storm perform on that world-class level, which I did type true here because, I mean, Storm and Christian are very good, but this next match is – He says that this is because they're greedy Americans who always want more. Christian says if they want more, they'll give the fans more of the un-Americans as your WWE tag team champions and that leads to our next match Book Dust taking on the Un-Americans for the WWE tag team titles Uh, the Un-Americans are out with no test uh, as he'll face the Undertaker later tonight Uh, story of this matchup uh, the Un-Americans hate America Booker T beat Lance Storm two weeks ago which granted him and Gold Dust a shot at the tag titles (laughs) at SummerSlam Uh, Book Dust and the Un-Americans have faced each other the last couple of weeks in multi-man tag matches not much of a story
2: yeah, it it really kind of just felt like they needed a tag team match and they were the only people who really were in notable contention. Yeah.
1: I mean, the- I'm trying to think what fucking teams they even have at this point. Billy and Chuck, but they already were champs. The Un-Americans, Book Dust, Three Minute Warning just debuted. Who else? More and Hurricane.
0: Yeah. They had Devon yeah. and Batista until that split up.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Tag Team Division ain't doing too hot right now. Has it fucking ever been? Well, you know, we got a couple of more years till Paul London and Brian Kendrick.
1: Yo, the hooligans on God top 10. Anyway, uh, before the match even started, I noticed that the pyro is legit destroying the set. Did you guys pick up on that? No, yeah. I actually didn't see that.
0: Okay. Isn't Bits of the cloth like torn up and shit?
1: Okay, yeah. So uh, there's like this, there's this circle thingy right that has this like splash looking like star kind of thing that's like a white cloth or paper or something yeah mm-hmm. which at the beginning of the show was like a complete piece of paper but now there's holes in it it's gotta be from the pyro it's
2: a metaphor for WWE
1: <laughs> explain nah I'm gonna leave it right there shit but that's, that's that's powerful that's gonna okay. have me up at night bro um, Christian and Goldust are starting things off. Uh, Goldust goes for a lockup, but Christian kicks him in the gut and gets in some punches. Uh, whip reverse and Goldust hits a she-calls at the rear view. Spinning power slam by Goldust. Drop down into a punch to Christian for a two count. Kick to the gut by Christian and Storm tagged in. Arm drag by Goldust and some type of arm submission. Uh, Storm with a low-looking knee, a little suspect, and a forearm to get out. Uh, whip reverse and an atomic drop by Goldust. Clothesline. Booker tagged into a big pop. Goldust is not over, but Booker kind of, is very over.
2: I'm not going to lie, it's kind of sad because Goldust is
1: actually a really good wrestler.
0: He's really good, and his character was like pretty innovative, at least yeah. back in the Attitude Era. I
1: was going to say, look, at this time, Goldust is not good. He's very slow.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair.
1: And really, he was not doing much character wise. You look at 95, 96, yeah very innovative, very controversial for the time. Very ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Sword. Uh, but like here, no. Not feeling it at all.
2: That's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah.
1: It better be. It better be. Uh, punches to Storm and a whip to the ropes and a back elbow. Uh, goes through the wrist lock, but Storm hit the knee to the gut. Whip reverse and sidewalk slam by Booker T. Uh, knee drop to land Storm for a two count gold dust tagged in gold dust with a flying elbow to storm's head while booker uh held him and uh on that landing Goldust legit looked like he tweaked his ankle yeah it did it did look that way because he lands and then you see him like limp for a second i was like oh shit uh but he, he ends up being seemingly fine for the rest of this matchup yeah
2: and he's not on the shelf or anything after this so
1: right yeah uh, Irish whip reverse and Christian slaps Goldust in the back which just gets Christian punched right off that apron uh, we get a poke to the eyes by Goldust, uh, Goldust thrown over the top turnbuckle, not the rope and just crashes to the outside, that was a pretty crazy bump,
2: yeah it was It was. I
1: actually was not, a- like when he went all the way over I was like whoa what yeah, uh, Christian runs Goldust back first into the barricade while referee Nick Patrick is trying to get Booker out of the ring uh, Goldust thrown back in for a two count uh, we get some stomps to Goldust and some punches a loud USA chant uh, and Christian gets tagged in Goldust starts to fight back but Christian knees him in the gut uh, Goldust sells a punch to the back by taking a back bump that's pretty innovative, never seen that um,
2: it's, it's like the reverse gravity punch
1: hell yeah dude I remember in Billy Kidman's TitanTron which I've seen too many times just for the fact that that song fucking hits so hard.
2: Oh, oh, I can't even argue. I listened, was listening to it like this morning on my paper route. Hell
1: yeah. Um, you, uh, y- he hits Bubba Ray Dudley with an Enzagiri, you know, a move to the back of the head, and Bubba sells it with a back bump. What a fucking legend, dude. <laughs> yeah. uh, Christian just puts his boot right in Goldust's face for no real reason, uh, just to annoy him. Uh, Storm chokes Goldust in the corner while refereeing Nick Patrick tells Booker to stay the hell out of the ring, even if Christian enticed him. Uh, Christian punches while Storm chokes, backbreaker for a two-count, and Storm gets tagged in. Uh, whip to the ropes, and Goldust holds on to avoid the dropkick in a roll-up by Goldust for a two-count. Uh, Goldust hits this like weird choke slam, boss man slam, spinebuster-type thing, and both yeah, come down.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was just straight up a choke slam, and I was like, whoa, where'd this come from? Yeah,
1: I don't know what the hell he was going for. Christian tagged in in a headlock Goldust eventually is able to drag uh, himself and Christian over to Booker T. Uh, Goldust hits a back body drop on Christian and he hot tags Booker, uh, punched a Storm, punched a Christian, punched a Storm and Nick Patrick says that he didn't see the tag as he was talking to Lance Storm on the apron so the tag doesn't count which didn't stop half the fucking tags in any of the tag matches we've seen in the last month but whatever.
2: Yeah you see I even wrote that down. I literally wrote here oh now the ref needs to see the tag
1: hell yeah bro of course only when he has to you know yeah uh booker argues with the ref while storm and christian double team gold dust in the corner with kicks and punches respectively uh choke by lance storm clothesline uh in a two count when booker t comes in and breaks it up mounted punches by lance storm to gold dust uh christian tagged in in a very loud booker t chant uh and i just put booker so much more over than his tag partner it's kind of like uh, when the Hardy boys would take off their shirts and Matt would get a very little pop and then Jeff would get a huge pop because everyone yeah. wants to fuck Jeff Hardy
2: which is kind of funny because Matt had a better body at the time
1: I mean if we're talking in 2002 what we're watching yeah Matt's like weirdly jacked as hell yeah yeah. Um, but Jeff had the crazy hair and the girls digged the crazy hair yeah he was such a bad boy like mm-hmm. Joey Janela Joey Janela's a bitch. You heard that here first, man. Fucking bitched out to Enzo Amore at a Blank One Eighty Two concert.
2: I will give Joey Janela this. The when I saw him in that ladder match at the last, uh, the last one we watched together, double or nothing. Yeah, I actually was like, okay, Joey, he actually did pretty good in this. He wasn't a standout. Like he wasn't Darby Allen, of course, but still,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, Punches and elbows to Christian and Storm, respectively, by Goldust. Uh, Christian catapulted into Storm in a schoolboy for a two-count. Double clothesline, and both men are down. Uh, Goldust somehow ripped his bodysuit, like, at the armpit, and I've never seen that happen to him.
0: I noticed that near, closer to the end, and I was like, how the hell did he manage that?
1: And I noticed at the very end of this match, he ripped the suit at both armpits. Like, he just just needs to fucking take those sleeves off, bro.
2: (laughs) Yeah, give him a few years. Or, well, give him a lot of years, actually. Yeah. Uh,
1: Goldust's foot is grabbed by Christian, and Storm swipes Booker off the apron, not allowing that hot tag again. Uh, Booker chases Storm on the outside. Storm throws two chairs in the ring while Booker's arguing with the ref to turn around. Uh, Goldust ducks the concerto attempt, causing Storm and Christian to hit chair-to-chair, hurting their hands. Uh, Double clothesline by Goldust to the heels. Booker hot tag. Punch to Storm. Punch to Christian. Punch to Storm. Clothesline to Christian. Back body drop to Storm. Punches and chops to Christian. Whipped, reversed. Clothesline, ducked. And a flying forearm to Christian by Booker T. Top rope missile drop kick to Christian. Uh, Goldust punches Storm out of the ring and we get a two count. Uh, Goldust and Storm are fighting on the outside. Booker misses the scissors kick. Uh, Christian is pushed uh, off... Of the ropes after going for the unprettier and Booker hits a flapjack. Storm goes to dropkick Booker T, but Booker ducks, causing Storm to collide with referee Nick Patrick. Uh, scissor kick to both Storm and Christian at the same time, which was kind of cool. Uh, Booker does the spinneroni to a ridiculous pop. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that spinneroni being so damn over. And I
2: and I did make note of here like and I know and I know you mentioned this multiple times already about Goldust how over Goldust is but like it is just kind of amazing like and not and sometimes with Booker T but less so with Booker T but like it seems like like the crowd fluctuated so much during this match to how much they were actually into it.
1: Yeah, probably because it wasn't very good. Um... (laughs) Fair enough. Booker hits a crescent kick on Christian and gets the visual three count, or should I say the seven count, because the entire crowd counted that pin. Uh, They really wanted Book Dust to win these tag titles. Book Dust are trying to get Nick Patrick back up, uh, but Storm, uh, he goes to hit Booker with the title, but Booker ducks and Goldust punches. Storm double clotheslined out of the ring, uh, and out of nowhere, Tess slides in and hits that big boot on Booker. And Test leads to the crowd while Christian pins Booker to retain the tag team titles. what do you guys think of this match?
2: There is no way the ref did not see Test.
1: How could you not? That guy's big. But like the, the ref Punisher. was
2: literally looking in the direction when it happened. Oh, was he? Yeah, like
0: I didn't notice. Even
2: if he didn't see the kick, the ref definitely saw Test
0: brushing out of the ring. There's that, and then Gold Dust, like to my recollection. Seemed like he just kind of gave up getting in the ring to break up the pin. Ref hit one, and he was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna crawl." <laughs> he said.
1: <laughs> he said I ain't getting paid enough for this shit. Yeah. Uh. uh th-
2: yeah, this is pro. This is to me, easily the worst match so far. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. If not, honestly, if not the worst match on the show.
1: We'll get there. I'll ask that question later. Obviously. Okay. Okay. Uh. Yeah. No, I really didn't care for this match. I, Goldust is not the greatest at this time. Christian isn't doing the shit I love Christian for really. Yeah, I just, I don't really care the un the young Americans thing does nothing for me.
2: Yeah, I think
1: I don't get all pissy about that. Like, I think that's kind of the
2: thing though is that like
1: <sighs> this is two thousand two. I was gonna say it's definitely a product of its time. Thinking yeah what happened that, just yeah. a little less than a year ago
2: yeah and because of that it's like i get it but i'm also just kind of like like anti-american gimmicks just and i know I've said this before they just don't do anything for me
1: yeah i don't give a shit it's like oh, yeah. it's
2: like oh i hit america it's like okay dude but like are, are, are you wrestling though
1: yeah but can you do a double drop down leapfrog
0: yeah dean if you'd love uh foreign heels then you'll love talking A mania with the 80s russians
1: holy shit okay real quick we watched talking chopper Listen, they advertise as the worst pay per view ever, and they might have just been right, dude. It was. Damn, okay. The main event is a boner yard match between Chad Too Bad and Sex Ferguson. That sounds horrible. My favorite quote uh, Gallows Sex Ferguson is punching Carl Anderson, Chad Too Bad. And the whole time they're just like pretty much talking to each other, just talking shit for this match. Mm -hmm. And Chad Too Bad's like, oh, motherfucker, you're stiff as hell. And <laughs> Sex work. says, oh. that's because I never learned how to work. What the fuck? Hell see, yeah, when no. you said
2: stiff, I also interpreted it a different way.
1: Yeah, because of the bonery art, man. Yeah. Um, speaking of boners, shot of Times Square and WWE World as we see Jamie Noble and Nydia. How Thank pumped you. for you, Dean, because I was so pumped for this.
2: Uh, you know, it was a thing.
1: Well, anyway, uh, Jamie Noble and Nydia <laughs> Uh, are there, and fans were able to enter a chance to win a makeout session with Nidia. Wait, what? A fucking makeout session with Nidia? Okay. Nothing on that, Dean? You've got nothing.
2: No. Nope. All I'll say is the contest, I wouldn't enter.
1: That's fucked up, Dean bro. That's mean as hell.
2: I'll tell you what. She starts dressing differently, and maybe we can talk. Why Why do you hate how she dresses? We're getting into this. This is SummerSlam, brother. Yeah. As- it just makes her look trashy. That's
1: the that's, point. I was going to say, legit, she's trashy.
2: That's the thing, though. It's just like, I just don't, I don't, I don't want to touch her, man. I don't want to <laughs> touch her.
1: Dude, I'm telling you, you're pulling the Funaki thing right now. You're saying you don't want to touch her next week. You're going to be all up in it.
2: Okay, When she changes her clothing, we can talk.
1: <laughs> okay, when she gets that fur coat, when her and Jamie win the lottery, you going to touch her? You going to kiss her?
2: I'll, I will hold my judgment for
1: then. All right. Um, but yeah, the fans were able to win a make-out session with Nydia. Boo. Jamie, Jamie says that he promised some making out, and some making out is what they're going to get. Uh, Nydia is checking out the two dudes on stage who are the finalists, and she turns them around to check out the cheeks on them. Uh, Jamie Noble says it's time to choose which piece of New York strip steak Nydia wants to devour tonight. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Nydia has a hard time choosing but eventually picks the man on the right uh, Jamie pretty much just tells the other dude to fuck off and literally like shoves him off the stage which was great and then Nydia jumps on this dude literally and falls on top of him onto the couch while they make out uh, Jamie cheers them on while telling Nydia what he always tells her do that trick with her tongue like you do me
2: Oof.
1: Um, and the second that she jumped onto the dude i knew that the guy had to have been a plant mm-hmm. because listen if it was when a kiss like i guess that's one thing you know kissing booths used to kind of be a thing back in the day you know yeah but like this guy got a little handsy you know
2: yeah you
1: can't risk that
2: yeah uh, unless no nah, i'm not gonna say anything
1: no, say it. I'm gonna let it, I'm
2: just gonna let. Say I'm gonna it. let it pass by.
1: We ain't going on until you say it. Okay. Well, I'll we'll just cut say, it if it needs cut. I'll just
2: yes. say that. I guess it really depends on how much she's committed to the gimmick. That's all I'll say. What
1: well, with the dude getting antsy?
2: Yeah, like if it wasn't if it wasn't a plant, then it's like, well, if she's
1: just that committed, but he probably I, was. That there's no way that dude wasn't a plant. You tell me, there's a wrestling fan that attractive?
2: <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Like,
1: okay. okay. Um, okay. Uh, Stephanie McMahon and Eric Bischoff backstage in their shared office and they just saw that Jamie Noble Nidia segment uh, Bischoff says that he actually kind of likes Nidia and thinks she would make a great addition to Raw as she's a woman who knows her place in the business
0: Oof. Oof. Fuck. <laughs> uh,
1: S- Stephanie says that a woman's place in the professional wrestling business is a place like hers on top, and I typed your sex joke in three, two, one. And Bischoff actually says that we'll see who's on top when RVD beats Benoit for the IC title later tonight. And I was like, Oh, wow, well, okay. I really expected him to say something about, like, I'm gonna be on top of uh, girl women, you know, I yeah. something like that. So much sexual
2: attention, so much sexual tension.
1: Oh, it, it I'm gonna <laughs> blow off that. Uh, that's the Halloween episode of SmackDown, yeah. Um, Steph says. That RVD will never beat Chris Benoit for the Intercontinental title. And then the segment just kind of ends. <laughs> like it yeah. was kind of weird. Speaking of kind of weird, uh, there's a lot going on uh, in the very beginnings, uh, bits of what is our next match? Chris Benoit versus RVD for the WWE Intercontinental title. This is um, the only real interpromotional match on the show. Uh, and uh, first thing I said is, why is Benoit the champ coming out first? Also, he got no pop. Still a big shame. Also, very weird that the WWF logo that's still in the center the title is blurred right now. But it has not been blurred on SmackDown or Raw. And I said maybe it's because this was released on DVD and VHS. So probably was already blurred for the home release back then. Yeah, they might before- not have the raw footage. The network. But that being said, the WF tactiles aren't blurred. Yeah, that's true. That's weird. Yeah, so it doesn't I,
0: make any sense no matter how you cut it or look at it.
1: Yeah, because I said maybe because it's a Ben Wall match, no one really watched to check things, like little technical things like that. Because they maybe. don't label the Ben Wall matches on the network. They say like R V D competes in a title match. It does not say R V D versus Crispin Wall. That is a definite possibility. Yeah, it only gets weirder uh, after. But at this point, I said, who knows? I don't know what the fucking deal is with that. Um, Story of the match. Uh, One of the more layered stories of the show, actually. Uh, Chris Benoit won the Intercontinental title from RVD last month on an episode of Raw uh, by cheating. He had his feet on the rope. Um, Shortly after, Benoit was drafted exclusively to SmackDown, uh, leaving Raw without a mid-card title. Luckily for RVD, he actually has a rematch clause in his contract. So even though he's on the Raw roster, he can challenge for what is now essentially a SmackDown title. Uh, This is the first and only in a promotional match on SmackDown. Winner gets the Intercontinental title for their respective brand. We get a big pop for RVD. uh, And a tiny thing I didn't really notice until RVD's entrance, Tony Chimmel from SmackDown announced Crispin Wall to the ring as Fink from Raw announced RVD. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's a nice touch both men gear up for a lockup but RVD kicks Benoit in the leg Uh, and I said, great selling by Benoit he sells that kick like he just got stung by a bee Mm. Uh, both men go for a lockup but this time Benoit goes to slap RVD but misses both men get very close to locking up once again but RVD gets three high kicks to the chest of Benoit the third one sending him to the mat another kick to the chest and Benoit powders to the outside Uh, Benoit regroups and gets back in the ring after about 15 seconds Uh, Both men go for a lockup, but RVD strikes again with a low kick. Goes for a high chest kick, but Benoit catches that leg for a dragon screw. Thought that was kind of nice. Benoit mounts RVD's back and gets chin lock on. Uh, Benoit eventually gets shot off the rope, but hits a big shoulder tackle. Whipped to the corner, Benoit rushes, but RVD front flips over Benoit, rolls to the opposite corner, and hits a beautiful springboard crossbody for a two count. Uh, RVD hits a karate kick to Benoit's face. Whipped the ropes, Benoit rolls through a clothesline RVD ducks a clothesline RVD misses his spin kick And Benoit absolutely fucking folded RVD in half of the German suplex Oh yes he did And Rob even seemed like he went out of his way To like
2: try Kill and himself. like Yeah like hold himself in that position After he took the bump too it RVD sounds
0: rude. like a motherfucker
1: It was I just I don't know how you take that bump safely Without just landing on your neck
2: Yeah. You know, Rob's, Rob's been working on those neck exercises,
1: man. Is that what we call smoking joints?
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I wasn't going there, but you know what? I think that's the direction we should go with
1: that. Fair enough. Benoit surprised. uh, He actually slowed down and grounded RVD uh, running elbows him in the back of the head. RVD uh, rushes face first into the second turnbuckle Get a short-arm clothesline by Chris Benoit for a two-count. Backbreaker for a two-count. A nice snap suplex by Benoit for a two-count. I would get some type of shoulder submission on the RVD. Uh, And I said wearing down that shoulder uh, will make Benoit uh, get that crippler crossface in even easier. Uh, What?
2: No, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say something else. (laughs) Say it. I thought you were going to say... He's doing that so Rob can't do the spear.
1: Ah! That's funny. Rob Van Damme hitting the spear, bro.
2: Okay, I'm sorry.
1: That would have been funny. Okay, Uh, RVD is able to roll out of it kind of like an arm drag, but Benoit hits a very stiff looking back elbow. Uh, Benoit's lip got busted somewhere in here. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where. Uh, Goes for a snap suplex, but RVD gets a small package in for a two count. Benoit misses a chop uh, and gets backslided, backslid for a two count. Monkey flip by RVD, uh, and Benoit quickly gets up to hit a clothesline. Head to the corner, chop in the corner, whip to the opposite corner, corner, corner. Benoit rushes but eats a boot. Uh, RVD goes for that split leg and moonsault, but Benoit gets the knees up. Uh, Benoit does the cutthroat taunt, which I fucking love. That taunt so cool.
2: Yeah, it's it's honestly to me like top ten taunts in wrestling ever.
1: Oh the, yeah, the cutthroat gimmick. Yeah,
0: like, like, a like, equivalent of. Oh god, I, mean, I was just gonna say it's a equivalent of putting the straps down.
2: That's
1: true. Yeah,
2: because even like comparing it to like when the Undertaker and Kane do it, like Benoit just always looked like he was just about to. Mm, I almost said something. <laughs> oh
1: my god, no!
2: <laughs> I wasn't even. I wasn't trying to make a joke oh, out of it. I was just no. like, oh wait, no, that doesn't sound like it. that's not gonna sound good, even oh, in. Even in the right context, i once again not trying to make a joke, but I just realized what that was going to sound like if I
1: finished Man, that sentence. the dogs are in the enclosed pool area. Um, uh, yeah, mm. I said it. I said it. What you going to do about it, huh? Mm. Fuck you, Bill McKenna. Uh, don't, I, I don't mean that, Bill McKenna. I'm sorry, baby. Uh, Benoit does the cutthroat taunt, which gets a good reaction from the crowd. Benoit goes for the diving headbutt, or I think I'm going to start calling it this because it's, it sounds kind of cooler than diving headbutt. Uh, for a little bit, in like 2000, 2001, he called it Air Canada, Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, but RVD sits up at the last second Causing Benoit to miss that headbutt a Spinning leg drop by RVD And he goes up top, but he misses the 5-star Frog Splash, which, uh, Dean I got a trivia question for you uh, Can you explain why it's called The 5-star Frog Splash? Uh, hmm. Before I Before I answer that, was it called The 5-star
2: Frog Splash when he was in ecw too? Yes Okay, then that actually breaks my theory then
1: um, I actually have no idea So um, It's actually called the 5 Star Frog Splash uh, Joey Styles named it in ECW uh, It was a dig at Dave Meltzer Ah okay. Apparently Dave Meltzer did not give Good star ratings to ECW So they uh, Kind of turned it around on him And RVD started calling his the 5 Star Frog Splash But come on We all know who really has the best frog splash Uh Who
2: Willie Mac, with the six star frog splash. Is his frog splash actually good? You know, I mean, okay, so... no, no. Okay, let me be serious though. If I'm honest, like, it's a it's a good frog splash, but if I'm honest, it's not as good as Rob or Eddie's. Okay, it's so, just called it's just so, called six star.
1: Uh, real quick, don't even at me on this top three frog splashes. Uh, I'd say in no particular order, even though I do say RVD is number one. Uh, RVD. Eddie Guerrero D'Lo Brown you know I could see that yeah unfortunately something about Chavo's frog splash just never was as probably because it... he was never anywhere near as big as the other guys
2: yeah that's true but I don't know it's like something about the way Eddie like just shifted his body in midair just it worked in a way just I don't think Chavo ever entirely got down the same way
0: right does montez crack the top five at least Oh fuck i keep
1: forgetting about montez ford he has an amazing frog splash too
0: yeah i think better than d Lo. switch them out who
1: montez ford yeah didn't he like collapse or something oh you're (laughs) yeah he did on raw yeah yeah uh bro raw underground that was i actually probably should watch that it was interesting okay it, will it be good? Probably not, but I thought it was something different. It was neat, I guess. Okay. Um, Benoit locks in that crippler crossface, uh, and RVD gets his foot on the rope, causing Benoit to let go. Uh, we get a quick cut to the GMs uh, watching this match backstage, and Stephanie lets out the most forced. I'm, I'm going to hit you with it. Get him, Benoit. I wanted to die when she said
2: that. Okay, but you know what? Chris Benoit's her man. Yeah, dude, after
1: they had that little moment together of how they were going to make The Rock
2: squeal.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, there's something going on. You think You think Ben Moore, uh I'm trying to think of a f- funny haha sex pun, wrestling. Um, I can't say Lane in the SmackDown, that's Rock. Um, see, I was going to say something about unicorns, but he's Pegasus. Yeah, you think he... Uh, you think he joined in the Mile High Club with that Air Canada? You see what I'm saying? <laughs>
2: Uh, that was forced That was That, yeah, was, that I, was
1: almost as forced as she going Get him Benoit um, Yeah but at least it sounded like you meant it Yeah she Bro she didn't I don't think she wanted to cheer for Chris Benoit I don't know why but <laughs> uh, Head to the corner chop stomp and a punch By Chris Benoit RVD is now uh, got his own busted lip How nice of uh, Benoit to give him one Maybe a receipt who knows Maybe. Uh, RVD whipped to the opposite corner But he gets the elbow up Van Dam goes for a top rope springboard but Benoit shoves him over the turnbuckle to the outside into the barricade uh, and Van Dam starts really selling that shoulder so he can't do the spear Benoit follows <laughs> to the outside uh, and gets RVD in the hammer lock and throws him shoulder first into the ring post RVD thrown in and Benoit follows uh, really iffy looking shoulder breaker and I don't think I think Benoit was a little mad that, that shoulder breaker didn't look good and he just elbowed RVD in the fucking throat Oh yeah! Did you see that? Like, yeah. it was rough.
2: Chris Benoit is like, re- he he was really really anal about everything being perfect.
1: Yeah, have you ever heard of the story about uh, I, hell, I think it was on uh, the first part of his dark side of the ring, but I'd heard I'd heard the story before that uh, on Jericho's podcast. Yeah, um, they messed something up in the ring, and it wasn't even that big of a mess up. But then after it, uh, he saw Benoit doing squats. And Jericho's like, hey, why are you working out after the match? He said, well, I messed up up there. I got to pay for it. I'm doing 500 squads. And then he told Jericho that he had to join him in doing it. I was like, Jesus. Oh, yeah. And
2: actually, I remember Jericho, I, I read it. Uh, where-, where I heard from it was in A Lion's Tale, his first book. And what he actually said was that uh, like he like he got up the next day and he could barely move his legs.
1: I mean, 500 squads does not sound
2: fun. It's It's – that's an excessive amount of squats. That's like, you're risking actually damaging your body levels of squats.
1: Yeah. Um, slap, kick, and a chop by Benoit. Whip off the ropes and another back elbow for a two count. And I noticed that um a large chunk of the audience was looking away from the match, like opposite of the stage area they're looking at. Mm-hmm. And I tried to find, like, if there was anything online describing what was going on with that. Um, and I couldn't find anything. I'd imagine either there was a fight in the crowd or a fan got kicked out for holding an inappropriate sign or something.
2: Something. I noticed Uh, that too, but I had no idea what was going on.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I I scoured the internet, and by scoured, I mean I looked at the first page of Google results and found nothing. Um, Bow and arrow to RVD. RVD is able to turn the submission around, but uh, Benoit switches it again and knees RVD in the back. We get a nice straight jacket, uh, choke by Chris Benoit and we get some RVD chance. RVD rolls through to get his own straight jacket in uh, but Benoit knees him in the gut and slams him down by his hair. Leg sweep by RVD. Goes for that cartwheel moonsault but he misses allowing Benoit to lock in the Crippler. And yeah, that cartwheel moonsault always throws me off every time he does it. Yeah, because you're always expecting Rolling Thunder. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure JR even called it a Rolling Thunder. He did. Yeah
1: dumbass old man
2: and i will say i did i did like the straight jackets only because like you know it's not a move you see very often
1: yeah i, I really I, do like a nice straight jacket type yeah. of um or like a stra- uh a straight jacket german i think Samoa Joe does that oh yeah those and, always uh, look those look nasty and uh cesaro just recently did it uh the like straight jacket power bomb that he calls the ricola bomb hmm he did it to uh kofi through those tables to win the titles Oh, the tag titles? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. for some reason, they're not going to give Cesaro the world title, those cowards.
2: You know what my thing is? It's like, why does Cesaro always have to be in a tag team?
1: I don't fucking know, dude. He's such a good wrestler. He's but he like... cut that one bad promo and that ended
2: it. <sighs> Ugh, that's just why. But
1: I'm sorry. Let's go, Let's go. Um, RVD elbows his way out of the Crippler and uh, goes to roll through, but Benoit gets the better of it in a roll-up for a two-count hammerlock and RBD thrown shoulder first into the post Uh, hammerlock and a hammerlock bear hug which I've never seen by Benoit and then oh my god right here an amazing uh, a bridging hammerlock northern lights suplex floating over into another one and another one and then the crippler crossface I loved that spot so much do Alicia Fox proud cool um,
2: I'm
1: sorry. Damn. Okay. RVD reaches for the ropes with his free hand but Benwall grabs it and turns the crossface into a dragon sleeper uh, RVD powers out and locks in his own crippler crossface to a big pop uh, Ben Benwell rightfully quickly powers out of his own move and hits a basement dropkick to RVD's face punches in the corner whipped to the opposite but RVD gets the elbow up uh, springboard karate kick by RVD RVD no longer has his ponytail which is still weird to me in uh, a two count. Uh, Benoit goes for a kick. RBD catches it and hits that fake out in Zagiri in the Rolling Thunder for a two count. Whipped to the corner and RBD goes for the three shoulder checks in the corner but he reaggravates that injured shoulder. Um, and Benoit goes for a clothesline but misses it and gets hit with a spinning crescent kick for a two count. Whipped to the corner and RBD goes for a monkey flip but Benoit catches him and puts him up on the turnbuckle. Uh, RBD is going for something but Benoit crotches him. Uh, Benoit on the turnbuckle with RVD and clubs him in the back. Benoit goes for a back suplex, or I'm sorry, yes, a back superplex rather. Uh, and RVD turns it into a crossbody and a spinning five star frog splash for the win. What did you guys think of this match?
2: uh slower than I was expecting in some parts. Um, yeah, like uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that for a rob van Dam match i was expecting a bit of a faster pace in certain sections um but one thing i will say is that i felt like the uh oh actually i wrote here the finish caught me off guard
1: and i'm like why, 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 why don't... oh yeah damon and i talked about that it was very abrupt yeah it was the superplex turn into the crossbody, straight to the five star and that was the that was the end like that's like Nowadays that that's a fucking transition spot, the superplex into a crossbar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I will say that there were
2: what, what I did like about this match though was that I there were certain spots where it just felt like they were just really going at each other, like they were really trying to fight each other. Yeah. Which I think the certain level of grit did add to this match, even though, like I said, it was a little slow in some spots, but I still think it was a nice it had a, a good a good level of seriousness and grit to it.
0: Yeah, the ending was abrupt and a little rushed it felt like, but I think that's my only complaint. It was a really, really, really good match besides that.
1: Uh, Yeah, I thought it was a really uh, good match. Very hard hitting. Um, Definitely. Had a lot on the line. Uh, There were stakes to this match. Uh, And yeah, I can agree with both of you. The the ending was very abrupt. Uh, Bischoff and Stephanie backstage. Uh, Stephanie looks very annoyed with Eric Bischoff. Uh, Bischoff says, you know, never say never, Stephanie. Uh, Bischoff tells Stephanie that from now on, she can watch the Intercontinental title on Raw. Uh, Stephanie eyes him up and down, then maniacally laughs, leaving Bischoff very confused. Um, You guys got any clue what that's about?
2: I guess uh, maybe it's about the main event.
1: Oh, that's what you were thinking? Yeah. So I was you okay let me let me put it this way you would think um if you were just if you had a knowledge of wrestling like what it is nowadays and then this and you just use a little bit of reasoning you would think she's laughing because she's gonna have the u.s title on smackdown Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen until july of 2003 so i don't know what the fuck she was laughing about
2: oh i mean i guess that's kind of why i thought that It was just like she figured well brock's taking the the undisputed title so i don't care or something
1: yeah but then that kind of undermines the entire storyline they just did of how much they wanted the intercontinental title
2: yeah it does it does well that's the only thing i can think of
1: right yeah i don't know what stephanie's deal was there it was creepy laugh though yeah uh we get a video package for the following contest undertaker versus test uh, we get an instrumental version of America the Beautiful with stock footage of kids waving the U.S. flag in the U.S. monument. Uh, and then hard cut to the upside-down flag in the Un-Americans. Tess says the entire world and the Un-Americans hate America. Uh, and then we just see some clips that we've seen from the last few weeks uh, that build this match. Story of this match. The Un-Americans hate America, and Undertaker is the all-American badass. You do the fucking math. Tess versus Undertaker. Uh, Test out by himself. Waving that upside down flag Taker comes out Doesn't really get much of a pop Uh we get a lock up Headlock by Test Shot off the ropes and a shoulder tackle Drop down fucking leapfrog By Undertaker and a hip toss Yeah Uh, Wrist lock and two shoulder tackles Goes for a third but Test uh, Gets him with a knee to the gut And Taker Okay at the time I thought Taker let out a huge scream But then I remember that Test is a very loud wrestler Mm Mm-hmm. He screams a lot in this match, for no discernible reason. That
2: intensity, man. Because it's It's that that ruthless aggression. That ruthless
1: aggression. Um, I had someone at work, which uh, this is interesting. I'm mentioning, my work here. Fuck me. Um, they thought I was the one that did the the intro bit. Really? Huh? Yeah. I don't know why. I mean you're
2: you're you, you do it pretty well i'll give you that
1: i mean you just gotta you just gotta channel your inner satan you know and really just throw it out there you know
2: yeah, yeah. as as jim ross said when stone cold shook his shook uh, vince's hand he's shaking shaking hands with satan
1: that's a great line yeah uh we get another knee to the gut and another knee to the gut. Whip off the ropes, Taker ducks the clothesline in a huge jumping clothesline by Taker, and Test about lands on his neck. It was tough, that bump he took. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two count after that. Taker gets a wrist lock and yanks down on that arm. Taker goes for old school, which gets a huge pop, but Test throws the ref into the ropes, uh, causing Taker to get crushed on the top rope. Do you guys remember Taker, Biker, Undertaker, doing old school a lot?
2: Hardly no not really yeah I kind of associated that more with later in his run
1: yeah 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 more so later in his run he did a little bit like he had to have done a little bit before yeah um Taker clothesline off of the apron and he bumps into the barricade Test to the outside and gets two punches in on the Undertaker Uh, Taker comes back with a kick and a punch Taker goes to whip Test into the stairs but Test reverses and Taker hits those steps knees first uh, he always kind of bumped into the steps like this. Uh, kind of similar how Mankind always did it. Mm. Uh, Test rolls into the ring to break up the count and right back outside. Uh, stomp to the back of Undertaker's head. Taker gets thrown back in and Test follows. Uh, stomps and a punch to Undertaker. Uh, Taker's head into the corner. Three back elbows and a choke uh, with his boot by Test. Taker starts to come back with three headbutts to Test's gut, which kind of looks like he was giving him a fucking blowy. Uh, but Test knees Taker in the head. Uh, Taker whipped into the corner and a clothesline by Test. Test and Undertaker trade punches until Test uh, gets another knee to the gut. Clothesline by Test. Armbar by Test. Taker kind of sort of did the sit-up spot. Like, it kind of looks like he rolled his eyes to the back of his head. Mm. Uh, And the crowd did pop a little for it, so sure, whatever. Uh, Taker gets out with punches to the gut. Test goes for a clothesline, but Taker ducks it. They awkwardly stand there for a second. And Taker hits a back suplex. Taker misses an elbow drop. Uh, both men trade punches until Tess gets in the gut, just like earlier. Taker whipped off the ropes, but hits a running DDT, two count. Old school by Undertaker. Clothesline in the corner by Undertaker. Uh, whip to the opposite corner and snake eyes. Taker goes to that big boot, but Tess ducks and kicks him in the gut. Test goes through a pump handle slam, but Taker floats over and out of it. It's goozle time, but Test elbows his way out of that choke slam. Uh Test goes for his big boot, but Taker ducks, Goozies, and hits the choke slam on Test for only a two-count. Uh, Taker gets Test in position for the last ride, but Lance Storm comes out. Storm gets up on the apron, and Taker throws him over the top rope to the inside. Christian slides in the ring and is immediately thrown into the corner. Taker hits two running clotheslines in the corner to both Christian and Storm. Uh, Goozle and chokeslam to both Storm and Christian. Then Test hits that running big boot and only a two count for his finisher. Uh, and Test freaks out about it. Test exits the ring and grabs a steel chair. Referee Jack Doan tries to take the chair from him, but Jack Doan's holding onto the chair and Test yanks the chair so hard that Jack Doan falls to the mat. Uh, and while the ref is down, uh, Taker big boots the chair into test face. Tombstone for the three count. The USA uh, wins. What do you guys think of this match? So, I really
2: tried to interject at some points in that, but I'm like, I just don't have anything to say about this match.
1: Also, I mean, real talk—I was uh, kind of flying through it because yeah, this match wasn't much anything. Yeah,
2: like I—I I will say, like, legitimately, the stuff I remember most are like, oh yeah, some of like Test strikes looked really good.
0: Yeah, but... Test had some good,
1: good stuff, I guess. Well, yeah, I'm but that's
2: really—that's really all I got to say. This match just felt like a big nothing to me.
1: Yeah it didn't do anything for me Damon
0: Uh yeah it didn't do much for me either Although my favorite part was the end Like the last two minutes Not only because it was ending But also <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well you know But also because like Undertaker wrecked house And that's Always a good time Yeah Yeah.
1: Um yeah I said pretty meh Big man matches a lot of punches and kicks Uh as we've talked about here a few times now the feud never roped me in i guess i'm not much of a patriotic person uh and after this taker grabs the american flag from the crowd and celebrates it with it in the ring
2: which is actually a a, a scene i recognize pretty well because it was part of his Tron eventually
1: yeah that doesn't surprise me
2: yeah though okay so now that we're here though which was better this or the tag match this okay okay yeah I I can't okay I I was hoping you guys would disagree with me but yeah yeah yeah
1: um after this we get a video package for our next contest Triple H versus Shawn Michaels set to the theme song for SummerSlam is this a top 10 video package at WWE because I think it is oh yeah
0: I. this was a great
1: video package yeah story of this match Uh, I would say easily the most personal and emotional match of SummerSlam 2002. Um, In March of 1998, Shawn Michaels had to retire due to both a broken back and a drug addiction. After his retirement, his former DX partner Triple H became one of the top guys in professional wrestling. Uh, Last month, Triple H brought Shawn Michaels to Raw to be his manager, but Shawn was hesitant about it. Um, later that night, Triple H and Shawn Michaels agreed, you know what, we're going to get the band back together. We're bringing back DX. Uh, but that was a fake out as Triple H pedigreed Shawn in the center of the ring. Triple H said it was because of Shawn's ego. Uh, Shawn's ego just wouldn't allow uh, himself to be in Triple H's corner. Uh, and during that promo, HBK is found beaten and bloodied backstage. And this worries Triple H's. He claims he didn't do it. Uh, Triple H goes around the locker room. He's threatening. He's interrogating anyone that could have done it. Uh, But Shawn later reveals security camera footage that Triple H is, in fact, the one that attacked him. Shawn vows to step out of retirement not to wrestle, but to fight Triple H at SummerSlam. There is one small catch, though. Due to Shawn Michaels' back injury, WWE and Eric Bischoff did not feel comfortable uh, officially sanctioning the match, meaning that anything goes in this match technically doesn't count. Uh, Triple H says it will count, though, because he will cripple the Heartbreak Kid our next contest. My favorite wrestler of all time. Coming back, Shawn Michaels versus Triple H, unsanctioned matchup. And as Damon told me, uh, Shawn Michaels' entrance is... What would you call it, Damon?
0: It's like God himself came back. (laughs)
1: Like, Mm -hmm. it's... Shawn Michaels' music hits, and the crowd pops big we're getting pyro confetti the whole nine yards uh sean is wearing his sequin vest and the chaps uh, over jeans and a t-shirt uh the t-shirt does say philippians 413 uh which is i can do all things through christ who strengthens me um as i'd imagine most people that listen to this podcast would know, sean became a born-again christian during his retirement uh, which he credits with helping turn his life around Uh, Sean does his trademark pose in the center of the ring and the pyro goes off behind him the goat this man is how'd you guys feel about that entrance I liked it
2: I liked it too but uh, I uh, I know she said goat Hmm. what? I know she's not talking about Daniel Bryan
1: Hmm. I love Daniel Bryan Hmm.
2: Hmm. and I
1: get that they called him the goat because of his beard which was dumb but like
2: you know Hmm. I don't know man seems like you're appropriating a nickname shut the fuck up
1: what if I just got like real angry about it?
2: <laughs> it's like you start like kayfabing anger. Oh, yeah, brother.
0: I um, thought it was a really good entrance, though. Like, all jokes aside, and like, I'll, I'll shit on Shawn Michaels just for the funny haha. But like, no, that it really sold the. This dude hasn't been back in action in four or so years.
2: Oh, yeah. It was a really good entrance. It really was.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Triple H is out in this piece of shit still got a face pop and, and you got my word from here on out and by from here on out I mean till the end of this match for the most part really I'm done mentioning his pop every match until he gets a full heel reaction yeah that's fair because something ain't happened yet power of yet we'll get to that uh, both men in the ring and Sean throws his shirt in Triple H's face and he starts punching Triple H to a huge pop uh, Triple H tries to throw Sean out of the ring, but Shawn gets back in immediately and tackles Triple H. Uh, mounted punches by Shawn Michaels, and Triple H eventually gets him off, pushes him off. Uh, Triple H goes for a punch, but it's blocked, and Shawn gets even more punches in. Uh, Triple H gets a headlock in, shoved off the rope, uh, and he hits a shoulder tackle. Drop down in an iffy-looking uh, leapfrog by Shawn Michaels. And Sean tosses Triple H over the top rope to the outside. And I would like to say it's possible that, that LeapFrog looked weird. Uh, obviously, Ring Rust guy hasn't been back in four years. But I, I, I personally want to credit it, to The guy is wearing tight jeans. Yeah, that was tight. that was
2: something I thought about, too. That's a it's, definite possibility.
1: It's probably a mixture of both. Um, big Pescado to the outside onto Triple H by Shawn Michaels. Mounted punches by Shawn. Sean gets off of him, which actually allows Triple H to get a knee to the gut. Triple H tries to throw Sean headfirst into the ring post, uh, but Sean gets a boot up on the steps to stop himself and Triple H is thrown headfirst into the post. Uh, Triple H back in the ring and Sean follows. uh, So Triple H rolls right back out. He wants nothing to do with Sean at this point. Sean has shown that he can still fend for himself, but Sean decides to follow Hunter to the outside. uh, Clothesline by by Sean Michaels to Triple H. Uh, Sean pulls out a trash can And the trash can lid From under the ring The can is thrown into the ring And Sean tries to hit Triple H with the lid But Triple H gets a knee to Sean's gut Uh, Sean is snake eyed into the barricade Hitting chest first Triple H back in the ring Triple H tries to pull Sean back in by his hair But Shawn Michaels like You know throws that trash can lid Behind himself and hits Triple H in the head Uh, Sean skins the cat To get back in the ring Which got a big pop uh, and a clothesline to Triple H. Uh, Trash can driven in to Triple H's head. Shawn up top in a diving axe handle. Shawn goes for the sweet chin music, but Triple H uh, ducks and hits a backbreaker, which gets a huge reaction. The crowd's like, "Oh no!" Oh I mean, he yeah. Into back. They were really they really milked that to perfection in this match. Oh definitely. And I right here, Shawn sold it like death. Um, we get another backbreaker, and I, I know Triple H wasn't lying. He's trying to cripple Shawn Michaels head to the corner, whip to the corner, and Sean hits the turnbuckle back first and just bumps off of it. Sean thrown into the opposite corner in a beautiful uh, just what, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like shot. Uh, he gets whipped into that corner and just falls to his knees in pain. And Triple H just looks into his eyes and then does the DX crotch chop, the gull of this man right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he stomps Sean right in the chest. Uh, three elbows to the back of Shawn Michaels in a two count. And, and this bothered me. Why would Triple H want the match over that early? Yeah, that is true. I
2: actually, when that happened, I was like, wait, why are you trying to end it so quickly? Like, you, like if anything, you would think that Triple H wouldn't even be attempting to go for a pin. You'd think he would just keep beating on him and beating on him and beating on him until he stopped moving.
1: He was going to beat him until he can't come. Oh, damn. mm mm-hmm. Damon and I've been throwing that one around. I'm gonna start using that in promos on the indies. You don't like that one?
2: Nah, you can use it.
1: Cool, sweet. Um, I, too I sweet, came man. up too sweet, too sweet. Um, I, I had two reasons of maybe why Triple H would want to end the match that early. Maybe he's having second thoughts, um, or he wants it over quick now because he can. He's seen what Shawn Michaels can really do. That is,
2: I I will say I do, in that regard, I'd lean more toward the latter. Yes. I could see that.
1: Uh, Triple H exits the ring and grabs a steel chair. Uh, He gets back in the ring, chair to Sean's back and Sean just collapses flat on the mat, Uh, but only a two count. Punches to Triple H's gut. Trading punches, but Triple H hits a knee to the gut. Uh, He goes for the vertical suplex, but Sean floats over and gets an O'Connor roll up for a two count. Uh, punches the Triple H, whip off the ropes but Triple H hits that knee face buster DDT by Triple H onto the chair but only a two count Uh, and Sean starts bleeding from the head after that Triple H rips off Sean's own belt and starts whipping him in the back with it twice Uh, Triple H wraps the belt and its buckle around his fist and punches Sean right in that cut on his forehead Uh, we get a punch without the belt Triple H gets out of the ring, and he grabs old Sledgey, his sledgehammer. Uh, Triple H gets back in the ring, and referee Earl Hebner tries to stop him, but Triple H just fucking pie faces him. Uh, Sean gets two kicks to the gut and starts getting some punches to the gut, some punches to the face. Uh, whip reversed, and Sean once again hits back first in that turnbuckle, and Triple H locks in the abdominal stretch. I got a little pissed here. Triple H grabs the ropes for leverage, which is legal in this match. It's an unsanctioned match. Anything goes. Yeah. And Earl Hebner, this dumbass, dumbass old man, (laughs) he starts screaming at Triple H as if he's not allowed to do it. And then Triple H lets go, and he gets to a big shouting match with Earl Hebner. And Triple H shoves Earl Hebner, and then Hebner shoves him back. And then Triple H starts selling Earl Hebner yelling at him, which pissed me off. This is supposed to be a serious match. Like he's, why worried Earl,
2: he's worried Earl Hebner might screw him. Oh, good Fuck. point. That, I didn't <laughs> even think of that. He's facing Shawn Michaels, mind you. Well, my point really it, like Triple H uh, could uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Triple H could murder Earl Hebner with one arm.
2: Yeah. Just you dumb. underestimate Earl Hebner's power level.
1: <laughs> Yo, Earl Hebner, you think he could whip my ass? Real talk. You think Earl Hebner could take me? I, no, I don't think now. No. Oh, we're, okay, let's talk 2002 Earl Hebner. You think you could take me? You think
2: maybe? Really? No, I don't know about that. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't. I don't see Earl Hebner as a particularly threatening figure.
1: That's true. He's goofy. Yeah. Uh, punches to Triple H's gut, kick to the gut, and a punch to the face. Uh, But Triple H knees Shawn Michaels in the gut. Shawn put up on the top turnbuckle. Both men fighting up top and Shawn punches Triple H off. Um, Shawn goes for his signature elbow drop off the top rope but Triple H shoves Earl Hebner into the ropes causing Shawn to get crotched on the top rope. Uh, After crotch, Shawn is draped over the top turnbuckle. Basically like a reverse trio Joey Lawrence with his back facing the ring. Uh, Triple H... Hits Sean in the tailbone with that chair. Ooh, yeah. Uh Triple H sets the chair up at, like, you know, if you were to sit into a a folding chair. And uh he backbreakered Sean onto the metal seat, bending the chair. And I typed, Fuck. That is a hell of a bump. They
2: and and once again, though, I think it was necessary only because and I I know you said you weren't you're not gonna talk about it until more until he actually gets full on uh, heel heat but I think they really needed to drive home that Triple H is being an absolute bastard in this
1: match to get people to boo him definitely um, that 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 spot right there with the backbreaker onto the steel chair uh, gets a holy shit champ but only a two count uh, and Triple H goes for two more covers but can only get a two count he cannot put Shawn Michaels away uh, sidewalk slam onto the flattened chair he does the same thing he gets the two count three times Uh, Triple H starts screaming at Shawn Michaels and I could not hear what he was saying but I think I heard the word enough so I think he was trying to tell Shawn like listen this is enough you just need to stay down for your own good Mm -hmm. Um, Triple H goes for the pedigree on the chair but Shawn hits a big low blow Uh, Triple H goes to swing the chair but Shawn hits the sweet chin music causing the chair to collide with Hunter's head and Triple H is bleeding profusely from the head this man was covered in blood
2: oh yeah funny enough i actually wrote down here in my head remembering this match i remember triple h bleeding less and sean bleeding
1: more it's quite the opposite yeah in this match yeah out. um punches to triple h's forehead cut a whip reversed in the flying forearm by sean uh, he does the kip up for a huge pop two punches and a back body drop to triple h where triple h almost hits his ass off the foot of the chair Big chair shot to Triple H's head. And that's why I noted that Sean's cut is like pretty much closed up at this point, And he's like sweat all the blood off of him. But Triple H is absolutely covered. Oh, yeah. Full Crimson Mask and he's got blood all on his chest. And like, obviously, it's gross, but it always looks awesome in wrestling and adds drama to the match. It makes it seem more violent, definitely.
2: Especially for a match like this. I think they needed blood to really sell it.
1: Yeah. Like, i don't like watching steel cage matches now mm-hmm. there's no blood like it doesn't feel any more violent than a regular match really
2: yeah i i think and i i don't get me wrong i understand there are certain things that should be banned in wrestling like i totally get why wwe doesn't do share shots to the head anymore but i just think like the lack of blading sometimes can kill the drama of certain matches
1: i wish they could blade yeah it's really not that that's the least of their concerns
2: yeah, like, if anything, as long as people aren't, and especially if you're testing your wrestlers for all these different things, and also, like, just don't share blades. You'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I've never even heard of anyone sharing a blade, really.
2: The only time that happened was, like, and it well, it wasn't even a sharing a blade. It was, like, this indie wrestler who was going to get signed to WWE, but Abdullah the Butcher Hannibal. was, like, yeah, yeah, and Abdullah the Butcher kept stabbing him with his, with his blade, and he ended up contracting, like, uh, hepatitis B or C because of that.
1: Uh, yeah, now that is a sad story, but fuck Hannibal. He's a piece of shit. Just like to throw that out.
2: Oh, damn. Okay. I, okay.
1: He like... Okay, so he came up as, at the same time as like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in Canada. hmm And I guess he's all pissy that, you know, Kevin Owens has made it big and he didn't. So now, because he has like a podcast and a YouTube channel, he just shit talks Kevin Owens anytime he can.
2: That's really petty.
1: Yeah, like he had a... He had... um. Sid Vicious on his podcast and mm-hmm. he asked Sid Vicious what he thought of Kevin Owens as if Sid even fucking knows who that is <laughs> it's like why
2: it's just I it that really because you know the thing is it doesn't even I mean at least maybe I'm missing something but it doesn't even sound like it's a matter of Kevin even did
1: anything it's just that I don't, I've got no clue I, I've heard from from you know some shoot interviews that Kevin Owens could be Bit of a prick, yeah. It's I mean, I've heard possible. the same thing about
2: I've heard the same thing about Sami Zayn too. Yeah, they can be kind of hard to work with.
1: Yeah. Um. So maybe that's it. I did hear I saw a story on Reddit, um, and apparently one time some dude in the crowd asked Kevin Owens like, uh, you know, you and sammy got signed. Why didn't uh, Hannibal get signed? And Kevin Owens said, "Oh, probably because WWE only wants Canadian guys that can work." Woohoo. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Irish whip reversed and reversed again and Triple H bumps over the top to the outside and flies into the barricade which was always cool looking Uh, Sean follows him to the outside and a trash can lid to Triple H's head two belt whips to Triple H's back trash can to Triple H's head trash can lid to Triple H's head again Um, Triple H bumps over the Smackdown announce table a we want table chant uh, because these fucking greedy fucks are you kidding me these guys are dying out there and you want tables Come on. Shawn Michaels takes off Spanish announcer Hugo Savanovic's shoe and hits Triple H in the head with it. And did you catch what Jerry Lawler said?
2: What do you, wait, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm scared to ask, ask what he said now.
1: He said that was a heel for a heel, which is a uh, very insider term for the yeah. second biggest show of the year. I'm actually surprised that... like. Well, I wonder if
2: Vince said anything to him after the show.
1: I don't know. That's very weird to say. Um, yeah. Bulldog on the steps to Triple H. Sean gets a ladder out from under the ring, which gets a huge pop. Uh, Sean runs the top of the ladder into Triple H's head uh, and then his gut while he's on the ground three times. Uh, Sean leans the ladder against the turnbuckle post. A uh, whip reverse, but Sean stops himself from hitting the ladder, punches Triple H and catapults him into the ladder uh, Two count on the inside of the ring. Sean goes to bring the ladder to the ring but Triple H baseball slides the ladder into Sean's ribs. And it was very weird seeing Triple H do a baseball slide.
2: Yeah, that was that was interesting. I get why he did it, but that's just not something I would expect to see him do.
1: Yeah. Um, Triple H to the outside, uh, mounted punches to Shawn Michaels. Sean thrown back in, and Triple H goes to the top rope, but Sean punches him and climbs up to the top rope and hits a superplex or a two count. Whip reversed, and Sean hits a very impressive tilt-a-whirl roll-up pin for a two-count. Oh, yeah,
2: that was sweet. That was sweet.
1: Too Uh, sweet? Okay. Too sweet, Ski brother. Uh, Off the ropes, and Triple H hits a flying knee for a two-count. Triple H starts bringing the stairs in the ring, Uh, and he goes to hit Sean in the head with him, but Sean drop-toe holds him. Uh, so Triple H hits his head on the steps. Do you remember when Big Show took that spot and he got that nasty gash on his head?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I that do. was
1: rough. Uh, fun fact: I think that'll actually be one of the very last pay per views we cover. Oh, okay. That's like one night stand, two thousand eight. Oh, which I'm pretty yeah. sure was. I think that's the last TV fourteen pay per view they did.
2: Okay. Didn't they like? Wasn't like the next one was like. Like the Great American Bash or the Bash or something was like when they officially went PG.
1: Yeah, but then John Cena tried to commit vehicular manslaughter on JBL. And Mark Henry screamed, Since when was murder PG? Yeah. <laughs> uh Mark Henry. Somebody about to get a wig split. Uh nothing on that, really? Yeah. Oh. Really? You know, man. You know, you know. Damn, Damn. bro. God, fans are hard out here, man. Uh, whip reversed and Sean hits an impre- oh I already said that, God damn it Uh keep that in. That was that was that was me being a dumbass. Dumbass old man like Earl Hepner. Um where am I even at? God, we started talking about Mark Henry. I got I got lost thinking about all great chocolate.
2: The, the great former world champion, Mark Henry.
1: Yeah, Hall of Pain. Yeah, uh, after that drop toe hold spot, Triple H gets clotheslined out of the ring. Sean pulls a table out from out of the ring, which gets a big pop. Uh, Sean sets up the table, hits Triple H in the head with a fire extinguisher that he got, uh, which gets Triple H onto the table. Sean goes in the ring. Uh, he gets up on the top rope, and he does that Sammy Guevara thing where he, he you know, points his head and goes, "I'm crazy," mm. and, um, and then he dives off the top rope to the outside through a table on Triple H, which actually gets a bit of a holy shit champ. That table Triple- exploded. Oh yeah, I loved it. it looked awesome. Uh, Triple H crawls back in the ring And Sean brings the ladder in the ring Uh, Sean sets up the ladder Climbs to the top Hits his signature elbow To a huge pop Sean starts firing up He starts tuning up the band For Sweet Chin Music But oh shit Triple H catches the boot Triple H goes for the pedigree But Sean gets a jackknife pin For the three count Huge pop Uh, Sean goes to celebrate But Triple H hits Sean in the back With a sledgehammer twice you know Sean might just end up that crippled mess Hunter said he would be and finally finally Triple H got booed ah thankfully uh, medics run to the ring to stretcher Sean out um, while Triple H limps to the back and I write you know Sean may have won the match but at what cost his, his ability to walk uh, what do you guys think of this match yeah, three out of five, okay, okay, funny, interesting,
2: um, to be serious though, um this match, I think really was a very story heavy match, which yes. that's, that kind of goes without saying, but I think it does contrast a lot with the other matches on this show before, in the sense that even though you have other matches I thought were good, there wasn't like a big like story going into it. this one. Felt like it was really much more emotionally heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I felt like I was kind of like leaning on to every, mo- that's probably not the right way to put it, but like every move I was kind of like, like, just like, how do I, ah, what's, what's
1: the way you, you were played? on the edge of your seat. You Let's go with like, that. Let's go with very that. Very enthralled. Yeah. Like you were kind of like when, uh, when someone's cutting a good form, you were hanging on to every word, but you were hanging on to every move.
2: Yeah. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Thank you.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Just because it felt like, every move had a larger purpose to telling the overall story of the match. And I think it, it was nice because everything built on to the last thing and the ending, I will say this, I obviously we knew what the finish was going to be. Um, I think though the, the finish was probably a good idea because then you could have Sean win, but it wasn't like a definitive, like triple H fully got his ass kicked victory. Triple H can get his heat back, and then you can go somewhere after this. Especially since it's Shawn's first match back, I think it would be hard to just drop this feud right after this match. Definitely. Damon?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, Dean settled pretty much everything I was going to say, but adding on to, like, the it's not definitive that Triple H got his ass kicked and we can continue the feud, like... Yeah, I'm thinking, like, now Shawn Michaels, while he won, has to come back for revenge, even more so. Right. Uh,
1: I thought it was a tremendous match. Uh, amazing story leading into SummerSlam. We got that feel-good, like, heartwarming moment seeing Shawn come back after being gone for four years. Uh, I, I don't even think it looked like he missed the day. Um, both men gave it everything they had. Uh, and something we didn't, re- uh, we didn't talk about during the match because there was so much happening in this match but JR's commentary killed it in this match oh yeah oh um, yeah he he, uh, he. at one point he was saying oh my god I don't even see Sean's legs moving like he was scared for him at one point he said Earl Hebner just fast count this damn thing so Sean can get out uh, alive uh, mm-hmm. and he talks about how much of a despicable human Triple H was being All just all in all amazing match uh, so after that we got a Uh, Go into something not amazing Because Howard Finkel's in the ring Uh, He says that before the main event He has a few things he'd like to get off his chest Because this is what you book for Goddamn SummerSlam apparently Hey it's
2: the co-main event man
1: Hell yeah brother Uh, Fink says that this is the first pay-per-view That he's announced in this arena Since Wrestlemania 2 Cool Uh, Fink says that that's a little thing called commitment Uh, Fink says that The MLB may be going on strike Uh even though they didn't Uh, but you'll always have the Fink trademark for trademark and Fink Trish Stratus's music hits Uh, Fink looks like he's about to commit manslaughter on Trish he looks so pissed did you notice that? yeah yeah. I did yeah Uh, Fink says now hold on honey you slapped me in the face two weeks ago the week after you pushed me into a pool of mud and even if you're in what Howard Finkel's quote an arena full of Long Island skanks, that doesn't mean that Trish Stratus is hot stuff and can interrupt the Fink trademark. Uh, Trish said that she knows that she ain't hot stuff and can interrupt Fink. uh, And she feels really bad for what she's done. And she wanted to apologize. Uh, Trish says that she's been listening to Fink all night and she never realized how the Fink's voice makes her so wet. She didn't say that exactly. But she said that his voice was very sexy. Trish says that she has a little surprise for Fink. She takes off her cowboy hat, and Fink says, you know, he's feeling some chemistry. He says, you know, Trish, it's really a dog-eat-dog world. After all, Trish, you have your puppies, and I have my wiener, a.k.a. my cock and balls. Subtle. Very subtle, man, Howard Finkel is. You guys remember the game show Dog-eat-dog?
2: Yeah. No, I never saw that.
1: It was like... I don't even know, man. It was what the fuck even was it? Now that I think about it, like there was just a bunch of people doing competitions, and there was a pool of water, and
0: yeah. And I think if you like got eliminated, you had to go in the pool or something. It was weird.
1: No, there was like a dog. They called it like the dog cage or something. I don't know. I don't remember. There was a whole thing. I don't really remember it actually. Now that I think about it, but I I remember liking it. tris says, uh "You know, that's true, Howard Finkel. You do have a penis." Uh, but I want to uh, start this slow with a hug Uh, they hug and Howard enjoys that hug Uh, Trish says you know but the real surprise it's actually uh, Lillian Garcia who was already behind Fink Uh, and that's when I noticed that that mat is still covered in Shawn Michaels and mostly Triple H's blood which is Mm. gross Uh, Lillian slaps Fink in the face and he takes a bump off of it Uh, and then she kicks Fink in his wiener aka his schlong and they both bump because fuck you. Uh, Trish raises Lillian's hand to no pop whatsoever, and a referee checks on DeFink. Well, that accomplished a lot. Yeah, I was so enthralled. JR says on commentary that SmackDown's Michael Cole and Taz uh, will be calling the main event. Fun fact, Paul Heyman pushed very, very hard uh, to get Michael Cole and Taz to call the main event.
2: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah, Vince McMahon said that he felt that the A show commentary should always close the show. But Heyman, I would say rightfully argued, well, this is this is a SmackDown match that is main eventing, so SmackDown should call it. Uh and Heyman being the the orator that he is, uh used this fact in a speech to actually fire up the SmackDown roster before SummerSlam started. Hmm. Uh, have you ever seen uh, from beyond the mat the speech he does before barely legal uh, the one
2: where he talks about how like they've been rejected and no one wants them and yeah the classic
1: like- you, we're gonna go up to him we're gonna say fuck you you're wrong fuck you you're right that's a classic dude. that's a whole yeah, time yeah huh? yeah also beyond the mat amazing movie I think it's still on Netflix okay love that movie i've seen it like four times It it is sad because jake the roberts does crack in a hotel at one point it's a whole thing uh video package for our main event well you don't like me mentioning jade roberts smoking crack dean
2: oh i thought you were talking to damon no i didn't know, I don't know no, you you that.
1: went you went
2: i did a little bit oh you know, know i hear
1: things with my headphones you know it's oh, I,
2: i'm sorry i didn't even know, know i did that i maybe i was just kind of taking a breath i don't know
1: i realized that i've been coming off very aggressive this episode and i don't know why and i want to apologize That's to everybody i sure mean okay very funny
2: you're a big meanie head about
1: to get me fucking canceled again mm-hmm. uh video package for our main event brock lesnar versus the rock for the WWE undisputed title story of the match brock lesnar won the king of the ring in june meaning he would get a shot for the undisputed title at SummerSlam, whoever the champion would be by then. Uh, on July's pay-per-view, Vengeance, The Rock beat The Undertaker and Kurt Angle on a triple threat to win the title. Since then, Brock has been destroying anyone in his path to show The Rock what will happen to him at SummerSlam. Uh, and here we are, main event of SummerSlam 2002, Brock Lesnar taking on The Rock for the WWE undisputed title, and no no obligatory big pop for The Rock um, the pop he gets is rather small here um, Rock places the title down on the ramp and he just charges the ring where Brock already is uh, Brock goes for a punch but uh, Rocky blocks it and gets his own punches in before Lesnar hits a belly to belly for a two count and then it starts we get some very loud Rocky sucks chants yeah um, and I, I looked into it apparently uh, many people in New York uh, as they are more of a smarky town they knew that this was Rock's final match for a while and he was going to Hollywood ah, and, and they, okay. they saw that as him selling out which uh, Brock Lesnar will find out what that feels like in uh, two years yep. at Wrestlemania 20 because he yeah. gets the same reaction when they find out he's going to the NFL and Goldberg was leaving Uh. That match is a fucking shit show. Yeah. Um, We get two big backbreakers to The Rock for a two count. Uh, We then get some pretty loud Rocky chants. New York is very split on The Rock in this matchup. Uh, Five shoulder checks in the corner by Lesnar. Uh, Lesnar knees Rock to the outside of the ring. Uh, Heyman sneaks a kick to The Rock's ribs while Lesnar distracts referee Mike Chioda. Uh, Lesnar to the outside and clotheslines Rock over the barricade into the crowd. Lesnar hops the barricade and lifts Rock up over his head and drops him sternum first on the barricade. Uh, Clothesline back over the barricade and Lesnar follows. Uh, Rock thrown back into the ring and uh, Lesnar follows once again. Uh, Belly to belly by Lesnar for a two count. Rock gets in some punches, goes off the ropes, but Heyman swipes uh, the Rock's legs out from under him. We get an elbow by Lesnar and another one some stomps by Brock Lesnar uh, while Lesnar is talking to referee Mike Kyota, Heyman chokes the Rock on the apron and like I understand that they're doing it so Brock gets some heel heat but Brock does not need some old dude's help.
2: Yeah and I'm not gonna lie there's kind of that part of me when that happened I was like eh Rock just kind of shove him off.
1: Yeah at the same time shouldn't Rock be able to just easily beat his ass? Yeah you'd like think. we saw Global Warning? Yeah Uh, Rock hits some punches, whip reversed Lesnar goes for a back body drop But is kicked, spinning power slam By Brock for a two count Some more Rocky sucks chance Uh, Shoulder checks in the corner by Brock uh, A big running shoulder check He goes for another running shoulder check But Rock moves causing Lesnar to hit His shoulder onto the post Oof,
2: that, oof Mm. He took all of that Yeah, he did Uh, Like That was genuine pain, that looked terrible
1: Yeah Uh, Back suplex by the Rock, and both men are down. Uh, And we get a double kip up for a pop. Both guys doing a kip up at the same exact time. Very impressive, seeing a dude the size of Brock Lesnar doing a kip up. It's terrifying. I I will say, he didn't quite do it though. He did use his hand, yeah, plant himself. But here, okay, I think I said this on the podcast. It's. Weird that we're only seven episodes in and I can't even remember some of the shit I've said on here, which is probably going to bite me in the ass one day when I run for president. But um, did I mention that I watched Brock Lesnar versus Mark Hunt at UFC 200 and I was absolutely terrified how fast Brock Lesnar could move?
2: I don't think you mentioned that, but I actually saw that fight too. Yeah. The,
1: the, the, the fight starts and Brock. Brock Lesnar is six foot three, 280 pounds. And I swear to God, he sprints that that twenty foot octagon in about one and a half seconds. Doesn't he go for like tri- a flying knee? Nah. I yeah, I might be thinking. I,
2: you know what? I might be thinking of his match with Randy Couture.
1: I was gonna say. I think he went for a takedown because that entire fight he just kept Mark Hunt on the ground. Yeah, because Mark Hunt,
2: like I think Brock didn't want to trade strikes with Mark Hunt during that. Mark match.
1: Hunt's known for being a hell of a striker.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't know much about MMA, but I know Mark Hunt. Is known for his fucking punches. Oh, yeah. Uh, Speaking of punches, Rock gets some punches. Whip reverse, but Rock gets a clothesline that Brock does not bump for. Goes for another clothesline. Same result. Brock goes for his own, but Rock ducks and hits a third running clothesline that knocks Lesnar down. DDT by the Rock for a two count. Rock goes for the sharpshooter, but Heyman jumps on the apron. Uh, So Rock lets go that sharpshooter. Punches Heyman off. A very loose-looking dragon screw. And Rock locks in the sharpshooter to a lot of booze, And we get a Let's Go Lesnar chant.
2: Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. And I got to say, we've talked about the Rock sharpshooter a couple times here. I got to say, it really did not look like the, this one in particular did not look like it was doing anything to Brock at all.
1: Yeah, his sharpshooter is really bad.
2: Like, it looked like he just, like, wrapped his legs, and it's like, oh, I'm going to tweak your legs a little bit. Didn't even look like it really had any pressure on his back at all. Yeah, if you're not
1: Canadian or Cesaro, don't do the sharpshooter. Yeah,
2: Cesaro, Cesaro got it secondhand, so he has an excuse.
1: Yeah, he got a secondhand from his homeboy Tyson Kidd. So. Yeah. Uh, Brock raises his hand up to tap, but Heyman jumps up on the apron and throws a chair in the ring at the same time. Rock brings Heyman in over the top rope. Rock goes for the rock bottom, but Lesnar clubs him in the back. Ref Mike Kyota is trying to get Heyman out of the ring. Uh, during that, Lesnar hits Rock in those injured ribs uh, with the steel chair Lesnar locks Rock in that bear hug Rock starts punching his way out but Lesnar turns into a cool like spitting back suplex Yeah. Uh, waist lock on the mat by Lesnar very loud let's go Lesnar chants uh, Brock bridges Rocky for a 2 uh, waist lock continues another bridge for a 2 uh, Rock begins to pass out uh, but then he begins to power out and the crowd starts booing um, just damn, yeah, it's very rough one for him,
2: yeah, uh Rock- yeah, there their points especially there are points, especially during the sharpshooter from earlier, you
1: can see the rocks actually getting visibly pissed, oh yeah, uh, after he hits a close line one point, it's like in the very closing sequence uh he he like you can see his entire face and he 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 has the look on his face of what the fuck, mm-hmm. like he didn't know what was going on, um. Rock punches his way out of that waistlock bear hug. Some more punches. Heyman gets up on that apron again. And, uh, Rock actually low blows Lesnar this time. That's not going to get the crowd on your side, idiot. Nope. Uh, Brock rushes Rocky into the corner for big pop. Running shoulder check. Goes for another, but Rock hits a clothesline. Punches and a spit punch sends Brock flying over that top rope again. Uh, Rock follows him to the outside. And he starts undressing the Spanish announce table. He takes off the, uh, banner cover thing starts ripping out the monitors Heyman goes to attack rock from behind but rock turns around and Heyman very audibly screams oh shit <laughs> uh, which was great yeah uh rock throws Heyman headfirst into the uh table and clotheslines lesnar back down a huge catapult uh into the ring post for brock lesnar lesnar's jumped right into that Oh, yeah.
2: Like, Lesnar just throws himself around so much.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rock bottom through the announce table to Paul Heyman. Uh, Brock thrown back in the ring and Rock follows. And Rock bottom to Brock Lesnar, but only for a two count, which gets a huge pop. Uh, Brock gets up and he hits the Brock bottom. He hits his own Rock bottom for only a two count.
2: Okay, I'm glad you said it that way. I was going to say something if you didn't.
1: Yeah. Uh, whip reversed and the rock hits a spine buster rock hits the ropes but Brock gets up and gets a huge clothesline goes for the F5 but rock lands on his feet he starts punching Brock Lesnar goes for the rock bottom but Brock elbows his way out goes for the rock bottom again but Brock spins out of it hits the F5 and wins the undisputed title to a huge pop
2: it's kind of crazy like honestly not the Brock one just like the way the crowd reacted to all of this
1: and uh, at this time, in 2002, Brock Lesnar was the youngest ever WWE champion, uh, 24 years old.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, what do you guys think of this match? You know, not my
2: favorite match, not even my second favorite match, but, but I would also still say, I, I still enjoyed it, though. I did. I did.
1: It was fine. It was, yeah, I, I, yeah I, uh, I'll let Damon go first, or next, I guess.
0: I really enjoyed it. My only real gripe was Heyman's involvement. Like, he, like yeah. you said, like he didn't need to help Lesnar. Lesnar had it.
2: Yeah, and I, I also have to say, and this, is, this isn't even just this match in particular, but it does bug me a little bit how they keep insisting on giving Brock semi-dirty wins. I kind of wish yeah. they would just... I wish they'd just like... I really would have preferred if he just beat The Rock flat out, no help, Just he just won because he's Brock
1: yeah uh, i thought i thought it was a it was a fine main event typical main event type booking it felt like um yeah i really wish Heyman was involved less in kayfabe why the hell didn't mike yoda just throw him out
2: yeah that's a fair question because he knew he knew multiple times he like actually yeah because the ref looked at him like at least three or four times directly getting himself involved so why didn't he just throw him out
1: yeah um yeah no it was a fine match um and that is the end of SummerSlam 2002. But there's one thing that was not aired, and I didn't check, but I very, very much doubt there's any footage of it on YouTube from the crowd. Obviously, WWE would have the footage, um, but they're never going to release it because why would they? Yeah. Uh, apparently, according to the Wikipedia article for SummerSlam 2002, The Rock went to give a farewell speech after the match, but he got booed out of the building. Damn and he was not able to finish the speech and he just walked out pissed
2: yeah uh, i'm not going to lie if if i was somebody in ear i would have been like rock um might be good to just get out of here
1: yeah this um, is not
2: the crowd to give a farewell speech to right now
1: right uh if it's not obvious uh this is the end of the rock for quite a while he does not come back um until early 2003
2: yeah cuz he's got the he's got a, they've got to build up to the title match with uh, another returning person eventually title match yeah huh uh doesn't he face stone cold at wrestlemania
1: not for a title
2: wasn't for the title really no that that was for the title what no that's
1: triple h and booker having the racist storyline oh and brock breaking his neck against kurt uh never mind fuck me all right well um so now that the show's over uh i got some questions for you guys and this one's a little difficult because there's not a lot of segments on the show, but out of all the segments, what was your favorite? Maybe, you know what, hell, I'll throw in a video package it counts as a segment as well.
2: Um, I guess I'd have to go with the Shawn Michaels and Triple H video package then.
0: Yeah, same. If we can count video packages, that wins by a mile.
1: Yeah. Um, video package-wise, definitely, uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. tremendous video package. The song worked perfectly for it. Uh the theme song to SummerSlam. Um, if I'm not gonna count video packages, um you know Jamie Noble and Nidia got the softest spot, softest spot in my fucking heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you're just gonna shame this woman for okay, it's not her fault that she lives in the hot uh hot trailer park. Okay, she's gotta wear the daisy duke, she gotta wear the flannel to stay comfortable. Yep. I'm sure she does, yep. Yeah, I'm yep. sure she does, Dean. Yep.
2: yep. 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 Jesus Christ. Uh If I can't do video packages
1: though, then nothing. There is no there was no saying <laughs> That's fair. Um what would you guys say was the worst match of SummerSlam?
0: Tag title
1: match. Yeah, tag title match. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that one. Uh I know the thing is I don't even
2: want to say that's the worst match, but it was.
1: Yeah.
0: Like um, with the
2: four guys involved, that was not the match I was expecting to be the worst.
0: Eh. Again, I honestly, I, I
2: I was expecting the worst match to either be Jericho and Ric Flair or Test and Undertaker.
1: Yeah. Yeah no I think the tag match takes it. Um, yeah, the
2: tag match still takes it. It just it was not good. Like th- there were things that I could say the Test and Taker match where I'm like, "Oh, I thought Test did a couple things good. The tag match was just a big bleh.
1: yeah. Um now okay, th- there's two ways I could do this. Um I'm going to ask for best match. Okay. And go ahead and just throw what was the f- your favorite match on here, Dean? Okay. So no 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 no, hold on hold on hold on don't uh throw any stipulation on yourself what do you think was just the best match
2: Mm, see that's the problem I have two qualifiers for this
1: (laughs) right that's what I'm thinking because listen we could say what was your best your favorite match and I think we'd all agree it was Triple H versus Shawn Michaels right Yeah,
2: yeah yeah
1: okay cool so we all agree that was the best match what's the best match not counting that because that match stole the fucking show
2: yeah, I would say Kurt Angle and Rey
0: Mysterio. Damon? I'm having a really tough time deciding between that and the IC title match.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. No, I, mm, nah, I okay. think I got my mind made up, but go for it.
0: Uh, I think I'm going to have to give it to Kurt and Rey just by a hair.
1: I'm starting to realize that we all kind of have the same interests here. Yeah. yeah. Except for someone doesn't like Nydia, weirdly I like enough. Jamie, no, I like Jamie Noble. Come on, geek girl. Um, So yeah, that is SummerSlam 2002. Uh, That's the show. I think we can all agree that all in all, pretty good show. Yeah,
2: there were some low points, but they did not detract from what otherwise were very solid matches.
1: Right. I mean, even the tag match itself was solid, just was the most boring.
2: Yeah, and I don't think the, I hate to say this again, but I think like, the crowd didn't help because the crowd just did not care that much. It seemed like during a
1: lot of points in that match. Yeah. So that is the end of this episode of Ruthless Recap, Episode Seven, SummerSlam 2002. We'll be back next week with the uh, the Raw immediately after SummerSlam and that following SmackDown. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Ruthless Recap. Subscribe on YouTube, Ruthless Recap. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, get a listen on Spotify. Uh, and i'm your host trent and for dean
0: farewell see you next week and damon have a good one everybody
1: we will catch you next time